religious journey has officially begun. Okay, right. are you ready for the question? I'm ready. Okay, true or false? Mormons hate black people. <laughs> There's some context to this. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of context. Let me hear the context. But short answer, no. Okay, what's the context? Very short answer, no. Who started this? Brigham Young. Who's that guy? Brigham Young specifically. Okay, who's that? All right, we're going to delve deep. Okay. Second prophet of the church, Brigham Young. Uh, are you familiar with BYU? No. Okay, Brigham Young University, Utah. Okay. Big Hit a school. Uni- Hit a university? Big college. Oh, my God. What the, year was this? I'm not good with my years. It was like 70s, I think. It. Oh, the, the priesthood ban was in the 70s. Oh, correct? yeah, yeah, the, the no. Okay, so Mormons do not hate black people. What and there there was no discrimination against black people being entered to the church or anything. What it was was on priesthood authority, which is still wrong, mind you. But so, so black people were their women, basically. Yes, black black people for the Mormon Church was what bat like what women is for Baptists, <laughs> but not anymore. Um, I, I I have so what black what members what re- what like revoked it? What turned the the tides? Gordon B. Hinckley. Wait, he just decided they were cool? No, I mean, he, he had a revelation that was like, hey, this is wrong. That's fire. And if you ask any member, well, okay, there's extremes in every faith. We True. call our extremes Desnats. Okay. That would be an extremist Mormon. They would probably still hold to the curse of Cain doctrine. Now, the curse of Cain doctrine does not come from us. Okay. That comes from the South, the very... Baptist idea that black, you know, black skin is a curse. That's that's not us. That's but some of our leaders served missions in the South, okay. and they picked up this doctrine and they just reiterated it. I feel like you failed as a missionary if you go to go somewhere and just pick up doctrine. You absolutely have. Yeah, you got it. But um, to be fair, at the very early workings of the church, there wasn't a whole lot of doctrine. If that makes sense, sure. But Joseph Smith advocated for the freedom of slaves, and what's what's really ridiculous is Joseph Smith gave the priesthood to black members, but Brigham Young just decided, <laughs> "Hey, it's racist time," it's racist. and just undid all that after Joseph's death, okay. which really sucks. Let's just start from the beginning. Joseph Joseph Smith, first Mormon. Well, Jesus. Jesus was first. Mormon. <laughs> Jesus was first Mormon. If, if you really want to get to the brass tacks. We're all Mormons. Well, okay. In the pre-earth life. Pre-earth life. But we'll start the very humble beginnings of the church. How about that? Sure. That'll make Go it ahead. easier. Go ahead. So first, I have to paint some context. Sure. We have to take a historical trip. Okay? Sure. All right. You are growing up in the Second Great Awakening. You familiar with the first? Not even a little bit. Okay. Well, in American history, there's been multiple Great Awakenings. Just huge religious revivals. Yeah. So the Second Great Awakening is early 1800s towards 1830s. Okay. So you're growing up Second Great Awakening. Puritans, Quakers, uh, Church of God, Pentecostals, they're starting to get their upstart. Baptists starting to get their upstart. There's a lot more attention on your personal connection with God and your personal connection with Scripture. Mm-hmm. So you're a young farm boy. This is Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith has grown up in this environment. He's hearing all these preachers. He's hearing whisperings of, oh, just, just ask God yourself. And he's hearing all these different interpretations of the Bible. And he's like, well, this doesn't make sense, right? 
Christ sure. came, established a church. There's got to be a right one. There's got to be a right way to go about circumnavigate Christianity. Sure. So he reads his Bible, and I can never remember the scripture, and I'm really going to butcher this, but on my mission, I'll, I'll have it memorized. But the, the scripture is, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Sure. There's that scripture. I, I don't know the verse. But he takes that. He's like, all right, I'm going to ask God. Let's go. So he goes out into the woods. <laughs> Did you have something to say? Okay. He goes the pa- out. The painting in your church is making sense now. Yeah. Yeah. He goes out into the woods and this is where Mormons lose people. <laughs> this is, this is he really saw, the breaking he, he point. He saw Jesus in the woods? He saw God the Father. In the woods. Wait. God he, the Father. He saw God. And Christ. That's fine. Which already Wait, okay. breaks Christians' brains. Yeah, because you're not supposed to see God, right? Moses didn't even see God. Not supposed to see God, but not only that, there's two personages that he sees. So already the idea... He's of, not... Yeah, he's seeing... He sees two persons. Okay, because from Christian, from the Christian perspective, we're going to both get canceled immediately. From the Christian perspective, right. like they're just three entities... In one but body. but in one body, yeah. Right. So to see him simultaneously, three, three persons, one God, is what they would say. Sure. Well, though they also say that when God comes back, Jesus is like on his right or something, right? Like Jesus is on the chair on the throne next to him. From, from what I understand, and I do not want to speak for other denominations, but from what I understand, <laughs> Christ is the only physical manifestation of God. Yeah. So we're gonna we're already setting off bad. So when Moses sees God, right. he just sees light. Mm. Right? Am I remember? Am I misremembering that? When he goes up the mountain to to speak to God, I think he just sees a light. I don't even think he sees. Oh no, no, he doesn't. He sees the back, right? Yes. The first time he sees God, but he's like, "You can't look at me. I'm too. Right. I'm better than you, mm-hmm. essentially." And Basically. then he just walks away. And yeah. He's like, "I'll let you see my hair flowing in the wind." Right. So I, I guess that kind of. I thought it was just light at first, but yeah. no. But yeah, I guess to see God like facing. He sees God in the flesh. Sure. Now, we, we can talk about what that means to our doctrine and what that means for other Christians. First of all, we don't believe in the Trinity like other Christians do. Sure, you've mentioned that. Not in the same way. So we believe God the Father okay. in the flesh, uh-huh. body of flesh and bone, not flesh and blood, is a glorified, resurrected human being. Okay. He is like me and you, exactly in our likeness. So when the Bible states that we are made after the image of God, that is completely, we take that literally. Okay. Christ is his son. Uh-huh. Only begotten Son in the flesh. There he is. And then the Holy Spirit is disembodied. Sure. Okay. Sure. Right. How do Christians see it again? Do you remember? Again, I really don't want to speak for them because we're already going to get canceled <laughs> for this. We will have, I promise we will have a Christian, like a, a Christian, yeah. a God-fearing Christian on to explain this, but I'm yeah. not the guy. All I remember about the Holy, the Holy Spirit is that it's just what you get baptized by. It's like the washing Correct. of the blood, right? It's it's described as multiple things throughout Scripture, like the the Comforter. It it's what testifies of truth, basically. So, so the he wants to. So John Smith wants to. What's his Joseph. name? Joseph Smith. Joseph Joseph Smith wants to figure out what the main. Tr- it's not what like Paul tried to do though, right? Paul was like, well, "Hey, I, we need I, to I figure out a church." So. Yeah. But, well, what's different is the disciples already had this rudimentary understanding of what Christ's church was supposed to be. Christ had recruited them as apostles and his disciples, and then Christ, before Christ leaves, he's like, hey, Peter, we can argue what the rock is, but I'm going to say it's Peter. At least that's, that's what our doctrine tells us. Peter, you're the rock. 
go and build my church. And then the disciples kind of clarify that. But Joseph Smith, first of all, he has got a third grade education. He's 14 at the time of the first vision. When he sees God? 14. Okay. Now, what God tells him is very hilarious. So Joseph's like, the exact quote is, which of these sects are true? And God, I'm not directly quoting Heavenly Father, but basically what he says is, none of them. <laughs> That's exactly what you want to hear. <laughs> none of them are true. Stay, stay prepared. Read your scriptures. It's basically what it is. Your sins are forgiven. Now, Joseph does not have another spiritual encounter for years. Okay? This is, this is the first spiritual encounter for Joseph, which is a huge one. He sees God the Father, right? So, go ahead. Okay. I, I just, there's so much to say. So, I don't know where to go next. So, I'm going to put a comment. His story is oddly similar and not similar to Muhammad. Really? Yeah. We I don't think I don't think the Muslims I don't Muhammad didn't I don't think he set out to see. Mm. But I think there was an inkling that their people needed a prophet and right. then he was spoken to. Okay. So it's like I don't but he was 25 I think, not 14. Now, me and you liked it. I love the conversations about Muhammad and now you can kind of understand why because the preparatory work for Joseph becoming prophet is is really extreme. Probably not as extreme as Muhammad's, but it, there's a similarity there. So Joseph doesn't have another encounter for years. Yeah. But, you know, he's he's telling these preachers and pastors about this experience that I had and they're like, "No, dreams and visions don't exist in these days." <laughs> that doesn't happen. You you can't have that type of connection with God outside of your Bible. And that's why I have such a strong disdain with that kind of Christian thinking that outside of the Bible that there's there's no more. Um, that there's no more visions or stuff. So, there's dreams. no more dreams. There's no more visions. Our, our whole faith it's, is built off your very personal relationship with God and, and seeing things. Sure. Like, it, you've been to church with me, but you went on a very boring day. I'm, I'm just I'm just going to say. But there, to, be fa- to be fair to those people, they were like test running. So That's both of them true. were very nervous. Very nervous. But but there are members who get up and just talk about dreams and visions that they had. It's it's very normal for us. Um, back to Joseph. So years later, it's crazy again. Joseph and his family knows about his encounter with God at this point too. Joseph's in his bedroom. This light engulfs him completely. Okay. Okay. Messenger, angel. Uh huh. I'm Moroni. I buried an ancient record. I need you to go retrieve it. Okay? Mm-hmm. Joseph goes. He's told, you cannot retrieve the record now, but you have to return to this place every year. I can't remember if it was spring or fall, but you have to return until you're worthy. Now, the reason Joseph wasn't worthy is because there's a lot of attacks on my church and the prophet Joseph Smith. You will find that Joseph was a treasure seeker and a con man and a treasure digger and all these things. Are you ready? Okay. I don't speak for the church. Okay. He absolutely was. (laughs) Okay? And you're not going to hear many members say that, but I think the fact that he was makes his story cooler. There's some members that probably would agree with me, but Joseph was a con man. I mean, this is known. There's accounts of him being a con man. Do you know what a seer stone is? 
Okay, so a seer no. stone, especially in the early 1800s, people were obsessed with witchcraft. Okay. So Joseph used, this was common practice back then, but he would use seer stones, these clear stones, and he'd place them into his hat, and he would treasure dig for people. Oh. But a lot of times, he would scam people. Okay. He would say, hey, I can find this treasure on your property. They'd pay him up front, and then he would be like, oh, all is dark. I, I can't find the treasure. Now, this happened a lot with Joseph, okay? But there's only one account of Joseph being tried for his treasure digging because it was against the law. There's only one account of him being tried. But the man who accused him was up on the witness stand and testified that Joseph was a seer, that he really could see the treasure, but he was scammed. So people knew Joseph had a gift, or at least they believed it. Treasures. So, so he could just. He had a he had a gift, and he could where see. he could use these stones, and okay. see see treasure treasure just like where it was where buried. it was where it was. And that's a that's a thing that somebody could just have. Apparently, could, has any other Mormon had that ability? <laughs> I suppose they have. Heavenly Father gives us all spiritual gifts, but this was Joseph. <laughs> He could see things in stone. Well, when we refer to Joseph Smith, we call him a prophet, a seer, and a revelator. Okay. Prophet is a different thing than a seer. That that ability to be able to be a seer is to be able to see things of a spiritual nature. That's, that's sure. what it means. What makes... Okay, so de- define prophet. Define prophet. Okay. Uh, in, the, in the most basic understanding, I would define a prophet as a mouthpiece for which the Lord speaks through. Okay, sure. Right. And so, I, although I really want to get into the president thing, you guys, every president's a prophet. From, yes. Okay, so yes. how does that happen? Priesthood authority. Okay, how about we start here? What take? What does it take to become the president? To become the president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you have to have priesthood authority conferred upon you and given the keys to be able to act as a prophet. How That's does, what it takes. How does how did you get to that level? What did Nelson, what was President Nelson's journey? Okay, well, let me clarify. I don't want to jump around too much, but I'll start by saying this. The priesthood is very complex, but I'll start here. I have the priesthood. I am an elder in the church, and I hold the Melchizedek priesthood. The prophet has the exact same priesthood as me. He has no greater authority than I do. The only difference is he has keys that I don't. And priesthood keys are different than priesthood authority. What's Okay, what's the key? Okay, so the key is... It's a distribution of... That's really hard to explain. I've never had to explain this before. You've already said so much, and I'm going to have to go back and ask. <laughs> That's but fine. I'm just trying to... Let's focus on the keys for a second. To hold a key... Let, let's look... Okay, let's look at it like this. There's a door that which I cannot unlock, but the person with the key would be able to do so. Yeah, so he's fundamentally serving the role of a prophet. Yes, yes. He okay. That's a better way but, of putting it. He is serving the role of a prophet under the same priesthood that I am. Yeah, but I'm not serving. That sure. It's yeah. I so I in a way I I understand what you're saying with the okay. key thing. You're you're saying that like 
It's almost like you can, okay, as like all prophets, you could come to him with a question and he's just unnaturally good at answering it. Correct. Essentially. He just kind Correct. of like, hey, this is kind of like what I'm being told. Correct. Okay. And, and we believe that a prophet has full authority to speak for the church and speak for God. He essentially can change doctrine. Wow. So, God. Well, it would be God changing the doctrine. True. But. So, I mean, we were talking, we were giving a history lesson, but honestly, I really want to just talk about the prophet thing. So, is there always, how about the, is there always going to be a president? Yes, 100%. So, there has to be. So, what do there you, so be. how do they determine, how do you guys determine the next president? So, there's a, okay. Our church is set up just like Christ's church that he had in the New Testament. There's 12 apostles, and then there's a senior apostle. The senior apostle is the prophet. That would be President Nelson is Peter in okay. that same way. Okay. So when President Nelson passes away, that next apostle, that was last ordained apostle, would now be the senior apostle. Sure. Okay. So how do you get to that? How do you get to that level? I'm, I'm trying to figure out. The journey it takes for like maybe you, uh-huh. it's all based off revelation. The same reason that I am a missionary would be the same reason that I could be called an apostle. They pray over it and they choose. Sure. Okay. Kind of think okay. it's just like so. There's there's no climbing the ladder in Mormonism. That is crazy. Exist. Yeah, that's crazy. So what does it take to be one of those like one of the twelve? That you guys have. You said there's like 12. You guys have the essentially 12. Are they called apostles? Yes, we call them apostles. And you have 12 of them plus the elder one. Correct. So what does it take to get to that level? You just, you're in the church long enough or? You're called. Quite, you're quite, called. quite literally so how do you, called. So how do you guys clarify that someone was called? That's essentially where I want to get to. I want to know okay. like, I want to know how you know the person that ascends, I guess, to being the elder prophet. Is how, called? Yeah. And you know that for a fact. Okay. Um, well, in every church position, we have callings. So a senior church official quite literally prays over the individual who should hold that calling, and they will meet with that individual and say, God has told me or informed me that you should be in this position. Will you accept this? And then they have to then accept it. Then... We don't vote on things, but in the chapel, they will say, do you sustain this person? And then everyone will raise their hand or oppose. And you can oppose, but that doesn't change whether or not the person gets the calling. But you do have the ability to sustain someone. That's fine. Sure. But like I said, there's no climbing the ladder within Mormonism. Our, and I know it sounds silly, but we call them presidents. That's just how we organize them. So there's the president of the church. Well, there's a president of my branch, my the building that I attend church in. Yeah, is part of the bigger church, but that's my bishop. Okay, okay, but he was called by the previous bishop to be the next bishop. That's crazy. That yeah. makes more sense. Okay, yeah, I think sense. in a way because I was like, ever since you you when we were first talking about this, like digging around, you had mentioned 
it was I think the the night that you and you and Austin were eating Mexican, mm-hmm. you had just offhanded mentioned that Nelson was your prophet and you believed that. And I was like, that's a whole conversation. Yeah. Cause I want to know like what happens if there's a conf- like a confliction, like what if two come at the same time and feel like they're both being yeah, called? Someone, someone can't show up and just say, Hey, I'm the prophet. I mean, I but, get, I suppose they can, but if they start acting in that, they would be an apostate. They would be excommunicated. Wow. Yeah. Has it happened before? Has like two people just come at the same time? Surely, I'm I'm sure that it's happened. Like I, I've never seen it personally. In like a hundred and something years, I'm sure at least once two people tried to. Oh, absolutely. To be the big dog. Well, I know in the early church after Joseph Smith's death, there was a lot of up in arms about who was the next prophet. Th- that happens, and I think we're gonna learn this more if we get, if we could get more people from different denominations. Yeah. On. That seems to happen a lot. It does. I, I like. I swear, every single time somebody is held religiously to that level, they just don't acknowledge the possibility of death. That is the sheer reason why religion split into different groups, into little different subgroups. Like there is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, which is what I attend and most members of my faith attend. But if you ever hear about Mormons practicing polygamy, that is not us. That is FLDS. That's fundamentalist Mormons. They do not go to our church. They go to a different... Yes. Do they have a different president? I know Warren Jeffs was their president, but he is in jail. That's... What, <laughs> what happened? He is in jail. Uh, but if you if you wanted to look into other sects of Mormonism, there is... Um, gosh. Community of Christ. That's the main one. Community of Christ. I didn't know that you guys actually had... I thought it was just like a tight knit, like that was it. Mormonism no, was Mormonism. No, there's a ton. There's a ton. There's a ton. I'm, and I mean, we're all friendly towards each other because our beliefs don't differ very much. Uh, the, the main thing that differs is what is that line of succession? Okay. That's the main difference. Yeah. So how, who, who becomes prophet? Right. Yeah. That's, I can't imagine that after, hard. After Joseph Smith's death, Brigham, the, the reason Brigham Young became the prophet is actually pretty based. And you have to base your testimony off this. And he's the he's the nobody. He's the racist. Guy. He's the racist guy. Now, okay. was Brigham Young racist? Absolutely. But do I believe he spoke for God? Yes. And that that gets messy. Yeah, sure. It gets super messy because sure. what do you call that? Prophetic infallibility is not a thing. Okay. That is not a thing. What? I believe prophets can be at fault. Sure. I mean, God, this is gonna come off very accidentally offensive okay. to the group of people we want to have on next. Okay. But if you really want to get into it, Muhammad had a couple of questionable moments. Oh, so Joseph. But like, to be honest, it's weird to get on the topic of a different religion. I feel like to, to, to defend both Islam and Mormonism for a moment, uh, how much attention is brought to the fact that both of them are human is kind of in their defense. Absolutely. So like, cause Muhammad had a couple of questionable things, but at right. the same time he was so distinctly like human and you were to understand that he was just a dude speaking yes. in the favor of God. Yes. So like, yeah, they, yeah. Knowing that Joseph, I mean, Moses messed up so much. Moses had a habit of back talking God. There, there is no person in the scriptures, maybe besides Job, who was just great. Yeah. You know, Job, yeah. Job was pretty good. Yeah. Isn't Job the prophet that was just absolutely 
thrown under the bus and I mean, tested and was just super grateful yeah. for whatever reason. He's just a happy guy. <laughs> yeah, he was He like, never did anything wrong. He was ready for it. He was like he was like a a pre Messiah. He was just so yeah. good. This is to be fair, this is uh getting off topic in a conversation for another day, but just in the history of like all major religions, there there's a there's a lot of correlation between like the more somebody knows God, I swear the more they just act out. One hundred. It's like a part. Percent. A part of him, like I, like I feel like a part of him becomes resentful for being in that position. Like it's this all, is, me, like, me and you've talked about this. We would never want to be prophets. No, you would. That be, is the hardest job you can ever possibly have. One hundred percent. I don't even think a narcissistic person would want to be prophet. No. I don't think. Like I don't think because. But I feel like yeah, no, it, it would be so bad. But yeah, like I, I feel like the more these people know God, the more they become a little resentful about it in a weird way. They're just like, this is a lot of weight that I didn't want to carry. Knowing Joseph was human has strengthened my testimony and my faith. Joseph lost children. He lost the ability to translate the Book of Mormon for a while. There was a couple year period where he didn't work on it. Sure. Um, he was killed. I mean, he was martyred. He was drug out of his home and tarred and feathered. I, he went. He served jail time. I, he, he did a lot. And, you know, others can say that he was just a con man to throw him under the bus, but I really believe that. That is a man whose name will be spoken about, both good and evil, throughout the world because, uh, because he aligned himself with God, albeit at fault a lot of times, but he tried. Sure. I don't know. I feel like there's something kind of quaint about the more human prophets. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I like, like. I love learning about Moses. Yeah. Right. He's one of my favorites. He's, he's one of my favorites too. It's the back talk. That's that that's why him. that's why Peter is everyone's favorite apostle. You know, he's cutting off ears. He's asking Christ every question imaginable. He's awful. He's just an awful dude. But God uses awful people to do incredible things. Yeah. Which sure. is amazing. Which is exactly sure. what we're doing. <laughs> It's exactly what we're gonna burn, do. Gonna burn the world down. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think that's uh, that same thing is what kind of makes Muhammad's story kind of compelling. It's yeah. Human. The like just to have to read it and go, yeah, this is just a dude could have just died at any moment, right? But just didn't in the middle of like a religious war. Yeah, there's something nice about that. It's incredible. Yeah. And let let me let me tell you this too. I've never told you this. I do believe in minor prophets, so I do believe there can be prophetic warnings from people outside of my prophet i do believe that so i'm not saying that muhammad wasn't so this very is very open to that this is the part where we would need to we desperately need to talk to a muslim but yes. from my understanding like uh i think muhammad even like admitted that just like cult multicultures have prophets yeah like that was a thing right so like i don't know by by well this is where it gets a little choppy because i think muhammad, muhammad said that he would be the last but at the same time he kind of raised the argument that other cultures hmm. would get one and but <laughs> america didn't exist when he was around that so. is interesting because that, muhammad speaks to a certain at least seemingly to a certain group of people at 100%. least that's what it seems 100%. like 100 percent. and while it may not be relevant for me there's wisdom to be learned there 1000 percent. sure yeah. See, I, I think Christ is different because I literally believe he was God yeah. in the flesh. So that, that one's a little different. But yeah. President Nelson speaks on behalf of God for my church. Not for you, necessarily. 
I mean, personal revelation can conflict. We can kind of talk about that. Yeah. Um, so I kind of want, if we can remember, to talk about that as like an end of note thing. Yeah. Personal can like just, just a it confliction. Does yeah. yeah, we can. Because that, that re- is something that members fight and squabble over all the time. So we can get, we can come back to that. Yeah, because I read something today that made me think about that. Yeah. Personal confliction with like just everything. Yeah, even scripture. Yeah. And that's hard, but... The world's not black and white. No, it's it's very much not. My very Mormon answer would be to take it to God. That's yeah. That's my very Mormon answer, but it's true. It no, I works. think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Because the world's not black and white. No. So... You tell your friend that. He, I don't think he's ready for it yet. <laughs> he's not ready to learn that. Actually, because I don't... It's not necessarily off topic with uh, Mormon-related stuff, but I guess we can kind of get into it now. So... I told you I recently read the Seeking All of Finding Jesus book. Yes. Yeah. So there's a funny thing about his story where, you know, when he starts feeling as though there's holes in Islam and he's slowly turning into favoring Jesus, uh, he does that whole thing where he's like, I need to have the dreams. And then Mm -hmm. he does. He has like the three dreams. I don't exactly remember what they are, but he has like the three dreams. And then he says that, uh, he essentially like breaks down is like, this is going to tear my family apart. Why did you do this to me? And he like swears that God told him, uh, this isn't about you. So like, there's that, right. There's like something that's like directly, uh, happening. That's persuading this man against his faith. But I was reading, uh, this book today. It's called a stranger in my own city. And it's talking about like the war on terrorism Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's written by journalism a journalist would have been really cool for me to have this guy's name. I don't remember his name, but I do remember the name of the book. That matters. We'll figure it out later. But he talks in that book about a radical saying, Oh God, I'm making this so messed up. I should have been so much prepared, prepared to say this, but from my understanding, he was essentially smuggling mortars in a bag and he was stopped by like a U.S. Uh, brigade of sorts, like a uh, like a border patrol. Okay, and they like kicked the bag. Well, I think before this context, the guy who prayed, he was like, "Allah, if I'm actually doing this for you, then please let me pass." And like the U.S. soldier just like kicks the bag. Hmm. He doesn't open it. He just kicks it and goes. He checks the passport and goes, "You're good." And just lets him go. And it's like it's weird because like if you in a weird way want to believe that everyone can have a form of revelation, his kind of conflicts with the seeking all of finding Jesus. Really? Right. Cause like that one redefines that, that radicals faith in Islam. Right. In a very weird way. Well, cause that like, cause first of all, first of all, this needs to be stated before we trigger everybody right now. <laughs> that is entirely. If you're willing to accept the, the faithful story of someone who was an admitted and active radical. I can't remember if he was a part of the Shia militia or if he was Al Qaeda, regardless, he was kind of an active terrorist. Oh wow. Okay. So you kind of have to be like, well, I just believe what this guy who Muslims don't even really, I mean, Muslims separate themselves obviously from these people. So you kind of have to take in that, that guy's story, he's being legit with that. But if he is, I don't know how Allah is and the, the context of how they believe Allah operates, but I would say that God is God and he can communicate with you how he wants to. 
I, I've had God communicate with me in ways that I'm not going to say go against the church or the faith, but have definitely led me on my own. This that's, is really going to get me in trouble. That's a, well, it's a big thing. It and is. I don't feel like enough... I feel like enough people talk about that, but they don't... There's like a weird restraint I feel like people have on how that's going to conflict yes. with the creed that they have. And I'm like, just let it let it go. And there's, you, a, there's, a, there's a different relationship with Catholicism and us than the rest of Christianity because with Catholicism and us, we believe we are the restored church. So there's a, there's a part of me that has, I don't want to say has to listen, but is very confined to, to those ideas because I believe that it is Christ's church. So if I'm deviating from something that Christ's church is telling me to do and it conflicts, it gets kind of funky. Yeah, sure. That's a real thing. Yeah. It's a real problem. But a lot of people deal with it. And it's not just my faith. You know, Catholicism deals with it. You know, I... Maybe Again, Islam. The world's not black and white. No. I think that's something you have to equate. I it's feel like not. that's something we're just going to learn more if this continues, especially if we start talking to people. Okay, tell, tell me if you agree with this. My dad has always said this growing up, and I think I agree with it more now, but it took me a long time to get here. Dad puts the gospel in a good, better, best category. Sure. He said, this, you know, this is good. This would be better. This would be best. But if you're doing good... You're doing good. You're doing good. Sure. But there's always better. And within Mormonism, there's lots of room for good, better, best because we believe in eternal progression. Sure. Well, again, the world's not black and white. It's not black and white. So you have, like, there's, if you feel called in that nature, you have no idea why that's happening or, like, what circumstance or right. surrounding you in that, in that moment. Mm -hmm. So you kind of just have to deal with the uh, conflictions. And a weird... Uh, not trying to be defensive because I'm not, but going back to our uh, terrorist's friend who's, you know, got away with the mortar shells. You have kind of no idea what stage two of that event was. Does it make sense? That sounds like we're going to get banned for me saying that. I know exactly what you mean. But yeah, you don't know. You don't know what that story did to somebody that needed to hear it. Right. God knows what he did with those mortars. But... Allah really came through. Yeah. They really came through for yeah. I mean, first of all, like, let's just to the nitty gritty of the situation. I'm like, going to give why a benefit of the doubt. Why didn't that soldier check the damn bag? I don't know. It's a soldier's fault, I think. I think really. it is the soldier's fault. Yeah, he should have checked that bag. It's not who the kicks, fault. Who just kicks it back and doesn't check it? It's the worst border patrol yeah, we're ever. Good. <laughs> he kicks it and, like, hears the metal tinging, and he's like, I'm going to be real. There's a chance if I open this bag, I die. Just let the guy go. How does he kick it and not tell that there is <laughs> so, like, a, a mortar, mortar in there? There's a mortar. <laughs> I don't understand. I feel like he knew. He's like, got it. He knew. He's like, I'll let, I've had a long day. I'll let this one slide. <laughs> he's, he's like, bro, I don't want to be shot at. I'm just let this dude go. He's like, man, fifth one today. <laughs> I'll just let it go. So, so one of my favorite favorite things about this this particular notion is, uh, they like reused passports from like dead from dead people. Oh wow! Really? So I'm gonna get this like a little mix up. This is the uh, the go and look up to redefine and stuff. But from my understanding, if you had like a 
passport that had like a German visa it made it super easy for you to travel throughout the Middle East while the war on terror was happening. Okay. So they would, they would get passports from deceased people and just change the photo to theirs. And they would just take on like the rest of the passport. I wonder how many times an American soldier saw the same passport with a different photo and just that like a so week, funny. <laughs> like a week, they're like, bro, that's terrible. That is so funny. Oh, there he is again. <laughs> Like, He's oh, back. You've had a different car six <laughs> different times different this guy. week. Yeah, six different bags with mortars in it. At some point, you just go whatever. That's hilarious. Okay, so uh, we're jumping around. We're trying our best here. That's so a uh, Mormon Bigfoot's a thing. Mormon Bigfoot is a thing, and this is a really niche story. Many Latter Day Saints probably won't know about this. And I should have brought my notes because I actually wrote this down, but I'm doing it off the cuff because it's funnier. But basically. One of the early apostles, right after the Restoration, this is still in the 1800s, but one of the early apostles is traveling. He's on a mission. He's in the woods. He encounters this very hairy, dark figure. I mean, I mean not black skin. <laughs> Do not get this confused. I'm t- black, like... Very Mormon. Very view. dark. Yeah. Okay. And you said you can't be a, a preacher. No. <laughs> I'd be a great preacher. But he describes this figure as Cain. And he said, again, this isn't doctrine, but this is the apostle's personal personal beliefs. He believes, you know, Cain was, in the Bible, Cain is cursed to walk the earth yeah. For yeah, forever. For, yeah. Okay. Mormon just, Bigfoot Mormon Bigfoot's is Cain. Cain. <laughs> now, there's other stories that correlate with this. There is... Mormon big Mormon Bigfoot cane sightings in our church history. There, there's more and, than one. And like in your church history being Jasper. Church history as a whole. Okay, I was gonna be like, bro, I need to no, know right no. now. I need to know like who I wish, dude. I need that we need to talk to him right now. I would love to see Kane out and about. <laughs> Just wandering I would the love earth. To see it, man. Just that's funny. Where did that happen? Do you know where that sighting happened? I don't. Hmm. I don't. That's so tragic. We could have went. I've I've got a I've got a question for you because sure. I'm always curious because I think it's really funny to hear people's answers. Where do you think Mormonism started? It p- p- the answer blows people's minds. So it was in America, right? It was in America, yes. I don't know, fourteen year old, only with a third grade education, going in the woods talking to God. That's like a Virginia thing. That's you're, like a, you're actually closer than most people. <laughs> where are, where Palmyra, New York. <laughs> That's fine. Mormonism is a New York thing. It okay. at least started in New York. Yeah, well, I got, like, I'm bordering, right? I think yeah, Virginia you're right borders. there. Yeah, that's funny. Just in the woods. Well, that's okay, right. yeah, that makes sense, I think. It was probably one of the, still the more populated states at the time, just out there. Well, Palmyra, Rochester area, but yeah. Did he goes in the woods the time? What a thing. I, w- I want to know, like, did he just have a bad experience at church? He was just, saw, his mom made him go to Sunday. Sunday service. And he was like, this is stupid. This is stupid. He's I like, do- I'm going to go talk he's, to God like, myself. Nah, I'm going to do my own thing. <laughs> and he just walked in the woods. My opinion, he did it better. I, like, he did it. One of my favorite podcasts, I'm just going to go ahead and interject this here, Midnight Mormons. If you want that's if, if you want to hear members speak better than me about our faith, that's them. They're a bunch of young guys. But anyway, they always say that Mormonism is Christianity explained. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. I love it. Yeah. Going in the woods as a 14-year-old to talk to God. That's pretty metal. That is metal. Encounters with the divine happen in those types of places. Yeah, I mean, Moses saw a burning bush, right? Yeah, Mount Sinai, and then there's 
Rochester, New York in the woods. <laughs> basically, same old, same old, basically same the same, same story. Thing. Same, same thing. story. Yeah. Just saw, man, that, I don't know. That'd be, I'd freak out. Did he not freak out? Actually, yes. He So before Christ and God the Father appeared to him, he describes it as he was engulfed in this darkness and he was not, they delivered him out of it. But he was in physical danger, at least he felt, oh. spiritually and physically. Yeah. And then God just was like, yeah, this is it, 14-year-old. I choose you. That's, That's it, fire. Man. That's a good story. I hope we have something like that. I hope I have an encounter like that. A lot of kids that grow up in my faith, they think that they'll have that encounter like Joseph Smith. I remember when I was 14, I went out in the woods, and I prayed, and I expected it. Okay, did you get it? Did you receive? Did not get it. God was like, nah. I did receive a good spiritual impression, but I did not. So God was God. like, I'm saving it for later. Yeah. With you. I've had I, I, now. I've had way more spiritual encounters since then, like good ones. Sure. Okay, so I want to talk about this. So you talking about the 14 thing implies that you were a Mormon at 14. So it means that there's like family history. So there, how yeah, does, there's family history. So here. was it were both parents Mormon or was it like your father was mother converted mother so, was father converted yeah so my my papa Hedrick he converted at like 17 right. and that building that we go to church at th- he built that that's cool yeah he was the first branch president at that building and my dad grew up in the faith my mom converted and her, her mother my grandma converted that's fire. But I've been a member all my life, yeah. Yeah, sure. What And your sisters? Yep, my whole family. Brother, too. Brother, too. Or my at least my immediate family. Now, my aunts and uncles and stuff, they want nothing to do with the church. Do they think it's okay that you guys are? No. 100% not. Growing up in the Bible Belt, being a member of this faith is awful. But, I mean, it strengthened my testimony in it. Sure. With being Bible bashed every... Like, being, <laughs> every... Bi- being Bible bashed at Thanksgiving and at school... Has really taught taught you how to defend your faith, and it, it's made me more comfortable talking about it. I love talking about it. Sure. So, that, how long was your father? Oh well, I guess because you, you said your grand your grandfather was he right. built the church. He now my, was his whole so life. So I'm about to serve a mission. Obviously, I'm leaving September 6th. My dad was going to serve a mission, but he joined the military instead. He kind of yeah. Know. He says he always served his mission in Iraq, although instead of talking about God, he's building schools. <laughs> Watch We're not going to go there. <laughs> We're not going to go there. But the schools may or may not have, still be here. Yeah. Yeah. Leading towards the not. There was no learning happening in those schools. <laughs> I'll, I'll just leave it at that. That's a good... Yeah. Let's yeah. save the canceling for later. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. Uh, okay. So so you say there's a there's a common joke, right? Where they always... You said you got bullied a lot. was like, the, how many wives do you got? I got a better way to ask that question. Okay, I'm okay. ready for it. How many moms do you have? Oh, that one's good too. I don't think I've ever heard that one. That one's pretty good too. Yeah, I wanted to say that one. So your dad, oh, well, okay. So monogamy is actually monogamy preferred. No, monogamy is not preferred. It's, it's, it's standard. Definite, standard. It's, it's definite. Okay, so what's yeah, up with You'll be excommunicated. The, okay, <laughs> you can be excommunicated from the Church of Mormon, which is fantastic. Yeah. I don't no currently we have okay. yet to learn if you can be excommunicated from any other religion i think catholicism you can, you can be, be that makes sense i'm fairly certain you can because i feel like maybe this if is something you are actively against the church you will be excommunicated in catholicism i'm fairly certain huh but i don't know because there's again we'll have to have a catholic on let me just let me just <laughs> preface this real quick but there's plenty of catholics who do not like this pope 
Francis. Is it still Francis? It's still Francis. Still Francis. I don't know how. I don't know how he's alive, but it's Francis. How old is he? I don't know, dude. <laughs> but I, okay, okay. This this is a joke. Let me preface this. This is gonna be one of the first things that get gets me canceled. We're already both canceled at this point. But the Pope is hilarious. I I think it's so funny. I've already told you this, but his prophetic utterances on everything. Pope, Pope, what do you think about the war in Ukraine? It is truly a terrible <laughs> war. And Catholics are like, oh my God, that's so beautiful. This scripture. I could never have that idea. <laughs> this is why we need authority in the yeah. church. You just, oh my God. Yeah, I can't. I want to talk to him one day. I want to ask him the real deep I wanna, questions. Yeah, I want to ask him I wanna the hard sit, questions. I want to sit. Yeah, God the, coming back. The hard questions. M&Ms or Skittles? <laughs> Big Mac or Whopper? <laughs> yeah, he's a Big Mac guy. I think I he's think a Big, Mac, a big guy. Mac guy. Quarter pounder with or without cheese? You know, I think he's a cheese guy. He's a cheese guy. He's gonna drop just. Oh my god, that's funny. He's they, definitely a cheese guy. Yeah, they ask him that expecting like a prophetic question or answer, and they, he's Absolutely. just like, he's like, now, bro, that shit sucks, <laughs> dude. Okay, so. We have what's called general conference. That's when we really hear from our leaders. That's when the prophet speaks. That's when all the apostles speak. This last general conference, President Nelson gave a banger of a talk on um, contention. Contention in the world and how we need to cease contention. It was so good. It was beautiful. I don't think the Pope could Could do uh, that. utter any such beautiful message about contention. (laughs) Nah, I don't know. He probably doesn't utter much these days. We need to stop hating gay people. (laughs) Is that, is that what the Pope says? No, I don't know. <laughs> he does love gay people, though, which is good. That's great. I'm That's all great. for the loving gay people. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Mormons. So were you guys accepting of gay people before black people? Okay. Okay. So I actually a, I actually wanted to talk to you about there's this. There's a history. Because I know that we've had a few laughs at this, at this principle that the church has to where Okay, Christ says... Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm going to get can, to this. Okay. Christ says homosexuality is a sin. You okay. can't really dance around that. That's sure. hard to get around. Sure. Obviously, that doesn't mean you shouldn't love gay people. But we also have a different problem here in the Church of Jesus Christ because we do ceilings in the temple, marriage ceilings. Okay, you are married for all time and all eternity. My spouse will be my spouse for eternity. Now we run into a problem here. You can be gay in the church. You can have gay feelings. The feelings are not a sin. It's the act. It's the act. And I know that sounds funny, but there's some doctrine behind that. We will not seal gay people in the church because we believe that's an injustice to them for eternity. Because the purpose for being sealed to a spouse in eternity is to be exalted. I don't know if you know this. This is going to blow your mind if you don't. We believe we can become gods. Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah. So when you're exalted, part of that exaltation is you and your wife being sealed. So it is actually a disservice if we were to seal gay people. Okay. What if they... That's, so that's part of it. So what happens if like to a gay couple converts? You guys are fine with that? Is that different? Does that change the dynamic? That That's fine. There, there are gay couples in the church. In fact, I have family members who are gay. And they're apart? Yes. Huh. So the, but they are not sealed. Sure, that's what that's what I like. If okay. you just yeah, yeah, they are not sealed, and we do not like. Okay, let's say you go to a wedding. We don't believe in marriage. 
Not like that. We don't believe in traditional marriage. We believe a legal binding marriage is nothing. It's bull. It's to crap. We believe unless you are sealed in the temple, you're not married. Essentially. Okay. Yeah. That, I didn't know that either. Yeah. That's crazy. So I want to go back to the becoming God's thing though. Yeah. Like literal, like on level or is there still an understood below God, God's? So there's an understanding that our fa- okay, so you'll hear us say Father in Heaven a lot, Heavenly Father. That's because we believe, I believe me and you are literally the spiritual creation, not creations, but children okay. of God. Sure. So while I submit to Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father ultimately wants us to become just like Him. So when I am exalted, I will have an understanding of Heavenly Father being my God, but I am equal to Him. Huh. After exaltation. After but he is still my God. I mean, he's my father. He's he's father of all. Yeah. But well, that's not an uncommon idea, I don't think, in okay. other Christian denominations. This is the part where we're treading okay. very in very shallow waters. Yeah. But I feel as though I went to church with my mother once where they talked something similar, where they felt like upon death, you just... Uh, you you just become a part of God. Like mm. that is heaven. Heaven is you become a part of God. It would have to be. I I've heard so mul- that but that's kind of the same idea. Yes. I've heard multiple church leaders say heaven would not be heaven if I was just playing a harp all day and worshiping God. Sure. I, I don't think there'd be a point to that. I don't think God would do that. That sounds like eternal suffering to me. Sure. And now, mind you, that's a very human understanding of what I'll be doing in heaven because we still don't know. But we do know we'll be exalted. But not everyone will be exalted. Not everyone will be exalted. Let me me say that. There are things you have to do to be exalted. Okay. Like what? Okay, so... So, so, okay, sure, go ahead. What? You'll hear us talk about the covenant path a lot of the time. Okay. Now, the first thing that puts you on that covenant path is baptism. Sure. You know, lest a man be born of the water and the spirit, whatever that scripture is, whatever Jesus says. <laughs> Baptism, okay? <laughs> now, I'm about to do one, and this is where we get into magic underwear, Nathan. Magic? I forgot ready about, for, I'm ready for magic. Okay. I totally forgot. Everything you guys connects. have magical Everything undergarments. Connects. Yeah, so what I, I'm about to do this. Women, women and men? Women and men. That's fire. Yeah, so I'm about to do this. I've been having to take a temple prep course for this because it's it's very spiritual. You make covenants with God in the temple. So I'm about to go make these covenants. Upon making these covenants, I receive what we call the temple garment. You wear it underneath your clothing. What is it? It is a very thin, white garb. I mean, it's a... It's a it's Full body? A, no. Okay. I mean, it's a shirt. Damn. That would have been funnier. sleeves. And then... Uh, Shorts about down here, you know, for our audio listeners, you can't see, but shorts basically. But you wear them underneath your separate, Are they two separate pieces? Or two like, separate pieces. Damn. Yes. It would have been so much funnier. My, like, it, it's normal to me. Like, my father walks around the house in them. Just it? Yeah. yeah no, he does. And, and they have symbols. That's cool. Yeah. So there's uh, there's a symbol on the navel. Um, th- there's multiple symbols. And they mean certain things. Now, I actually don't know what they mean yet because I haven't went through the ordinance. So is... Is being exalted like your y'all's version of essentially being saved? I mean, so no, not so, not exactly. I I would say, okay, being saved is kind of odd for us. I I actually don't like when Christians say that. 
But I don't believe any of us are saved per se. Sure. I mean, I mean, the atonement is done. It's finished. You can be forgiven of your sins, and in that sense, you are saved. But just doing works does not make you saved. Sure. So you know? I, I feel like the I feel like certain denominations already have a confliction with what being saved is. Like I, I think they, they some. Do. Some think like first of all, some believe that being baptized isn't actually being saved. That mm-hmm. it's just like the act of being baptized, like dunked into water, should only happen after you've already accepted Christ. Okay. And the acceptance of Christ is what actually right. is, I, makes you saved. I think so many people misconstrue baptism. Ba- baptism it's it's not salvation. Ba- so, bapt- you are baptized for the remission of your sins. Okay, so that's what it is. Super probably eventually controversial opinion. Okay, the ready. the John the Baptist story is one of those things that I feel like is like is very hypothetical not hypothetical but it's uh it's like expressive metaphorical I guess. Like Really? Yeah, so like I know literal? that he dumps them and he he does they go to the river okay, and okay. yeah, but I feel like that's supposed to be the like he's physically trying to tell you what's happening. Right? Okay. So he so essentially okay. he would be like if you accept God then like that's the act of being saved. Like there, you okay. like that. If you accept God and then you accept the consequence that comes along with with God, okay. that that's it. And then it's like, but metaphorically, that's being washed, right? That's a yeah. change of perspective. Oh yeah, is well, when absolutely. you go before this day, I acted and lived. I guess uh, not in favor of God. And now I'm accepting God, like Jesus is my savior, so on. And then the, the, the act of being baptized is like what he's trying to physically show you right before you enter the waters, who you were. And as I dunk you, that is the, the, that is like, yeah, the, absolutely. yeah That's the idea exactly, of God washing you. That's exactly what it represents. And I, and I think there's, <laughs> I think there, I, there, I believe there are a few denominations that think that you literally have to be baptized like that. That is the act. Like you have to be dunked in what they would consider holy water. Okay. See, I'm, I'm kind of a crossbreed of these ideas. I, I believe everything in the scriptures is equally as metaphorical as it is practical. Like real. sure. I do believe you have to be baptized. I would be one of those people, but it's, it's just as much metaphorical. So you can be baptized and not accept Christ. You would not go to heaven. Exactly. Yeah. I, There's I've, plenty of people who've been baptized who are garbage human beings. Rituals are fine, like you know. Yeah, rituals are fine, and like I'm not saying don't get baptized. Yeah, but I feel like you. It's probably better to understand. You know, yeah, like you need to like know. I agree. Like it's like when I'm dunking you, know that like that that the rep- you're watching the representation. I, agree. I actually disagree with a method that our church uses, like. Missionaries for our church focus on baptism. They focus on baptizing people into the church. I, I don't agree on that. Yeah. W- what I'm going to do on my mission is if I can bring a person one step closer to Jesus Christ, I've done my part. Yeah, sure. I, I don't care about them being so I So I've talked about this. This is probably is worth its own episode of just talking about my perspective. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I make some of my Christian friends very mad because I have a yeah. similar perspective where I'm like, well, I uh, I really live by the, uh, it's not my place to judge you. Yes. So my part of what I consider being like, if I was going to be a missionary of some sort, like, or uh, anything of that sort, it would be like, if you just let me talk, I did my job. My job isn't necessarily in the conversion as much as it is. Agreed. 
yeah, as much as it is like you let me, I, I, I spread, I spread the word. No. Yeah. So as a missionary, we're taught this a lot of the time. The spirit is the converter. Mm-hmm. You, you do nothing. You're, you're, you're nothing more than just a, yeah. I'm a not gonna, flesh sack. The yeah. spirit will speak through you and it'll do the converting. But if you've done your part in trying to put that effort, you're fine. Yeah. 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 I, so I feel like, is Paul the one? I feel like, God, you think we would be so much better at this? Paul already? said a lot. Paul, Paul, Paul I, don't know all what I he said. think Paul was the one that did that, right? He like, he lived and died by that. Dude just went and talked, right? He uh, did. My, that was like the thing. He did. Yeah, dude, that's dude, it. Ba- <laughs> Baptists love Paul. Paul gets quoted a lot. I've yeah, noticed. I so my friend is a Baptist, okay. and, I, and yeah, I think Paul's like his. The, other than Jesus, Paul's the superstar. Wow. Yeah, I don't That's know. Interesting. They do love Paul. They really do. Actually, this is controversial. I actually don't like Paul. <laughs> I just don't like the way he. I don't like the way he spoke. Sure. I, I don't agree with the language he used to describe the gospel. Sure. I think it's odd. I think it's an odd choice of words. Yeah. I mean, I do think he was an apostle for sure, but he's not my favorite apostle. No. Sure. So, but yeah, going back, going back to it, I think uh, that's something else people get a little confused. I, I have, uh, I know some Christian friends that are more along the lines of pin you down until you're going to go to hell. I hate that. That's like, that's that the one thing that like, I want to stress, like the longer we do this and hopefully the better we get at it. It's the one thing I want to stress is nothing makes me more aggravated then when you're like listening to people talk about this and and that's like the the center of the confliction between believer and non-believer yep. is non-believer being like i swear if you tell me i'm just going to go to hell and get up and walk away that, that, it's it so stupid con- it's a conversation it stopper. kills it yeah it ends it but like and the refusal to back down from the christian perspective is like no i'm trying to save you and it's like yeah i'm my brother's keeper yeah, they're I'm like, I don't wrong. want you to go to hell. Therefore, I'm going to tell you you're going to go to hell every I just, day. I just don't understand how you can believe God is the ultimate authority and the, just and the the total judge and be so definitive about someone going to hell. Yeah. I don't, I don't get that. Yeah. I, I, I have never once looked at a human being and said, oh, yeah, they're going to hell. For, first of all, no sin's greater than another. And second of all, so, I'm just as much of a sinner as they are. So. God, this is, we need to have someone who is way more knowledgeable of Islam than I am. Yeah. But I was reading loosely, and okay. I think an idea that I thought was really funny in Islam is, I believe they mentioned something like, you, you can't damn another person. You were telling me about this. I was telling you about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were talking like on the day of judgment. If you, if I understand it correctly, if you just went like, oh yeah, Bill was a total asshole, God or Allah will be like, all right, well you're gonna carry his his judgment. His judgment. Yeah, yeah. And then that's you go to awesome. Hell. Which, but I feel like that's a that should be a fair way to kind of carry yourself if you want to if you want to be a missionary Absolutely. of any sort is like immediately just throw away the judgment. Like yeah. I, like I can't sit here, like you can do something, but like, I don't see the benefit. And like, if you were, if you were acting out in a, in a, uh, less than ideal way for me to go, Hey, you're going to go to hell. Dude, Christianity really missed the mark with that, with that. It's uh-huh. so bad. They're completely missing the point. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how you can mess up that bad. Yeah. So I've listened, uh, I've listened to like Muslims talk about this and like, there's the, the difference in wordage that makes them so much better at 
spreading their word than Christians is I've just listened to Muslims be like, I just want to enter paradise with you. And like, that's just, that's by default is so much better than I don't want you to go to hell. Yes. (laughs) The Christians take it to the other other side. The other negative end of that. Yeah. Like I'm going to pin you down and be like, if you don't I'm going to save you. Yeah. I'm (laughs) going. And I'm going to, I have a counter and I'm going to tell God about my counter. I'm like, I spent I, all day reading the good word for you. Yeah, I got 97 people to tell me they accept Christ. Now, rather they do oh or not. Oh, my gosh, dude. But, but my counter says 97. I have 97 people signed like my go to heaven like wager. Let me tell you. The purpose of this podcast is really to unify. Yes, that's what, our, what we want to do. But Nathan, yes. I've grown up with these people and I hate these people i i'm gonna tell you a quick story sure i was 13 14 mm-hmm. we'd taken a, a trip to illinois one of the first temples of the restoration was That's built cool. there one sure. of the first mormon temples we're walking up me and my friends walking up to the temple gate there is there was a pageantry going on it's, it's a big church event they have it there but even in salt lake anytime the church is doing an event general conference whatever protesters there so we're walking up the temple gate, tons of protesters. I'm a kid. People are screaming in my face with picket signs. Book of Mormon isn't true. Jesus and Satan aren't brothers. I'll tell you about that in a second. Just crazy stuff. And it hurt my feelings. Understandably so. Yeah. I didn't understand all this contention. I, I hate these people. It's poor conversion skills. It's, it's just not good. Yeah, it doesn't make you want to go to church doesn't even make you like church forget church like just remove church from the picture you don't even want to talk to these people and that's like Mm. the bigger problem yeah because like you you're never going to get someone into church if they won't even just hear a conversation right if the kingdom is within christians are doing a really horrible job at projecting outward the kingdom yeah you know first the kingdom has to be built in here then we have to build it outward yeah. The, out, the outward part will never get there. Yeah. At no. least not right now. No, the it's way they really handle bad. this. It's so bad. And it like it becomes irritating because then it like spreads into culture and like that becomes the punching bag yes. for religion. As you always like that's the punchline to every joke is like, then they tell me I go to hell. And you know, like, that's no fun. And you're like, it's sad that that's how everybody has to view. I've met so many I don't want to use air quotes, but Christians who the only basis of their beliefs is that they don't want to go to hell. You know yeah. how sad that no. is? So I, yeah, it's so sad. That's why like every time I hear a Christian go, uh, I just don't want you to go to hell. My only response is like, are you sure you don't want me to go to hell or do you not want to go to hell? Cause those are two very different. Yes. So yes. two very, like if you, if you're coming from a perspective where you think you're only, you're the only way the gates open for you is if God goes, yeah, you converted people. That, like, man, you're just setting down a bad path, I think. I'm going to hardball you with a question real quick. Because sure. I've been thinking about this, and I'll tell you my answer, too. What do you think, from a gospel perspective, while we're here on Earth, what's your answer? Oh, my God. Short, short answer. Short answer. Off the cuff. While we're here? Yes. I don't know. I'm not prepared yet. Okay, think on I'm that. I'm ready to learn. I, I've, I've really thought of this. Sure. There's a Mormon answer. I don't really agree with it. Okay. But my personal answer would be love God and love your neighbor. 
That's fine. I like that. That's cool. Serve God, serve your neighbor. That's it. Sure. I like the second part to that. Yeah. Second part's very opening. When you are in service of your fellow man, you're in service of your God. Yeah, I agree with that. One thousand percent. One hundred percent. And you know, I know we make jokes, but that's that's really what I want to do with the podcast. Sure. No. So we talked about this. We talked about the the church that's down the road. Right. And it had the sign, and it said, "We serve God by the way we live our lives." That's amazing. Yeah. And I feel like so many Christians just step. Over, over that. that. Yeah. Yeah. They they do it like the other way. They're like, I serve God, therefore I live. And it's like, well, you know, again, like you mentioned, there's no outwardly pro- projection that at that is, point. That is the way to serve God is to serve others. That's exactly what Christ did. Yeah. I don't know. I think when you, the, the question, why do you think we're on, on earth? Just being, just the love your neighbor makes it so much better than yeah. just being like, serve God. Because I that's feel like it. that's the big critique that I think you're going to hear from people mm-hmm. that are like opposing religion are going to be like, isn't that a little arrogant? When your our only reason here is to serve God, and it's like, well, then serve your man. You can exactly. You yeah. you are you are serving God by doing that. Yeah. There, I don't know of a way to serve God without serving oh. someone else. Okay, so we we're going in and out of like the Mormon verse here, but to uh-huh. to leave the Mormon verse because there's so much I w- I just want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's one. If <laughs> what's your how do you deal with morality being brought to question. So if I sat here and I was like, uh, to do, to do like the atypical, uh, like conversation is like, if somebody came to you and said, is murder good or bad? And you said bad. And they went, why? And you said, cause God, well, the, the typical answer would be cause God thinks murder is bad. Therefore I don't murder. And they went, well, God tells me murder is good. And that's supposed to be like, I think that a is pivot? a stupid argument. It's a poor argument because I don't, I feel like, <laughs> here's the thing, to all the Christians that answer that question that go, well, God said murder is bad, I feel like you're kind of doing a disservice. You are. To the question of morality. You are doing a disservice to it. Yeah, because I don't think it's that simple. I, I don't think it's as simple as God had made Moses, you know, gave him a, a tablet right. and it said, don't kill people. I know that we're going Killing's in. uncool. I know we're going in and out of the Mormon verse again, but to answer a lot of these questions, I have to hop back in just for a split second. That's fine. If my, there's a Mormon answer, that's kind okay. of the best answer. Okay. My understanding of morality is within the context of Mormonism is that morality exists outside of God. God did not make morality. We do not believe that. There are laws of the universe that exist outside of God. M- m- morality is built into human beings. Sure. It, it just no. is. Unless, sure. unless society casts it aside. Like, sure, there's tribes out in, you know, buck fuck nowhere <laughs> that kill and eat each other and they think it's fine. But that's because that their culture has decided that's what it is. If you... It, people think murder's bad. Yeah. Why? It's Why not do normal. you think it's bad? That's it's not because that's, of God. Yeah. So this is funny because this is the part where I get to talk about my perspective. And I have a... I'm very excited. I have a perspective on this. So God to me is like what you're, what I believe conscious is. Okay. I'm a shut up and listen kind of guy. My whole faith is built off shut up and listen. Mm. So it's like funny because if you asked me the question and you were like, do you think murder is good or bad? I would be like, no, but I want to, I want a follow up question. I want the follow up question is, well, why do you think that? And I go, uh, because if I had a knife to your throat, something in me says it's wrong. And mm-hmm. it's the fact that that exists that creates confliction. Right. Right. I don't know why I think that's bad. Cause then you can go, well, some people think it's good. And you're like, yeah, that's a little weird, but like, <laughs> That's like fundamentally how I view God. 
kind of communicating with you is okay. that consciousness. It's that like, why do you have that? Why do you have that at all? Right? Yeah. Like, why does something tell you to or to not do something? Exactly. Yeah, that's my perspective. Of course, you can then go, well, then why does like God say to kill people? I'm like, well, I don't know. You have to get into the nitty gritty yeah, really of what do. it means. Like, if they're actually acting on an impulse Correct. or like, I don't know. It's like the thing about it. And like, I've kind of like built a wall around my own thought, which I kind of hope somebody just comes and just absolutely obliterates one day. But of course you could be like, well, counter to that is then again, what if, what if someone did feel like murder was right? Then I would go, well, I don't know. You don't know if that's, you don't know, like, cause you can do something and your consciousness will tell you not to, and you do it anyways. Right. Why, so, why were they led to believe murder's right? Yeah. You know? So you don't, I don't know definitively if they, like when they pulled the trigger, something didn't tell them to stop and they acted on an impulse did it anyways. I actually really respect non-believers who will at least acknowledge that even if there isn't a God, the human consciousness is a form of it. Morality is weird. It's very odd. Morality is so weird. And I actually think that's kind of beautiful, understanding. Because I, I would say... People... Go ahead. So people... people there's a, there's a cultural argument for morality. Like I think that's where like I would... I imagine that's what most most atheists take is there's a cultural like the culture decided that that's like, so sad you still but you have to like the thing about it is like it came from nowhere and is that not at least worth questioning yes because like if you question. just have to accept that like tribes were tribes for a while did and it was okay wake up yeah did, like, did somebody just wake up one day and go what if we didn't do this and then yeah. if that was the case do you not think it's a little weird because that's my that's my perspective. The guy who wakes up and goes, "Hey, what if we don't?" Yeah, that's my that's my perception of God. I'm like, that's a little weird. That seems like it came from came from came nowhere. from elsewhere. Came from nowhere. It didn't it didn't come from a human mind. I know that. Yeah, and then you kind of like have so it's like that's the point. So it's like if you just go, it's cultural. You have to go. Where did it start and why did it start? Nathan, I'm gonna ask you something really controversial. <laughs> okay. Do you think good can come from humanity? Sure. Humanity alone. Sure. So, human would define humanity alone. Humanity like, being with the removal of God. Yes. Well, that conflict again. That kind of conflicts with what I what I believe is God. That's true. Okay. That's conflicting again with okay. like the because from my perspective, when I feel like I when I feel like when I do when I do something that like okay again the shut up and listen hmm. the shut up and listen thing is I just it was beaten into me. I just got to a point where. I got kind of sick and tired of forcing things and watching them blow up. And then one day I was like, what if I just didn't do that? What if one day I just sat and like, if I was having a conversation with somebody, I just kind of took the the back seat. I was like, in, in, in that those things that I feel like come around, like thoughts that come around me and I choose what I say based on that. That's right. my perception of God, like speaking to me. Wow. So that's, that's, that's the really thing. Cool. So like good, it's like, if you say good from humanity, it's like, do I believe that we can do good? And like, well, uh, sorry, when you say, I don't know how, from my perspective, I remove God from that equation. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. If I, I probably explained that so poorly. No, no, no. I, I see what you're saying. For me, I don't believe, I don't believe good can come from humanity in the absence of God, but I see what you're saying that. Yeah. It's hard for me to occupy a space where God's removed from the equation. Okay. 
I want to ask you something again because I've heard you loosely talk about this, and I, I don't really understand your point of view, and I'd like to. Because okay. This is what this podcast is about. Oh boy. I've heard you talk about. Now, this was in the context of Judaism when we were talking about it, but I don't sure. know if this applies to you personally. Do, oh. you, do you believe that God is far removed? I love that us? idea. Yeah, I think that idea really? is kind of fire. Really? Okay. Yeah. I actually, so I actually believe the opposite. So. Well, so what's funny is the way I just explained God to you kind of conflicts with that because then you're yeah, like, that's why I asked because you're like, well, he makes himself apparent from like the way that I live my life. Right. But, right. uh, I think I, I do. I think I take the Jewish perspective that God removed himself. And I think that's, uh, Hmm. Uh, trying to find, Cause I feel like usually that's, that's, that's a response to why tragedy happens, hmm. right? They'll be like, well, why, if, if God is here, then why does murder happen? And it's like, I feel like from a direct influence, God's removed, right? I don't think I'm not in a position where I believe God's going to like rain hell and brimstone fire and brimstone Agreed. from the sky to clear a city because the city's full of sinners. I feel like that part of God's removed. Hmm. And I think that's pretty closely knitted to uh, the Jewish perspective. Is that like okay. God removed himself? That's so interesting to me. Uh, I disagree, but I think sure. it's, it's, it's cool sure. to hear someone say that. I like that idea. Well, again, to, to be fair, I, I have to like break down the fact that I still think God is consciously here. Yes, yes. But at the same time, I feel like... Okay, would it be fair to say that your understanding is... God is far removed in an overarching sense, but in a personal way. Yeah, sure. He's and, but the thing, but the thing is that like, uh, uh, the way the personal part is that like you can kind of act against or willingly. So like, that's God's influence. That's but, what, that, but, then, my mind. but then that's like, really that's, cool. that's how I explain tragedy. That's okay. Way. That's a far better explanation of tragedy than any any Christian could come up with. I know that. I hate to say what that. Is the, what's the Christian? What do Christians say? I don't know if you can even answer that question, but if you have heard Christians. Have you gone to church? Have you gone to church? Not in a long while. Do they? Is this a well, common I, thing? I don't even think I've heard a Christian. I've heard Christians dance around the contend, subject. Contend with the idea of tragedy. But, but ne- well, not even they, church. Okay, so I think I, I think actually, I think I have heard, heard it, and I think it's, we're going to butcher these poor people's opinions, but I think, some of them do the whole uh, the flesh is evil. Oh, Therefore, shut up! <laughs> I'm so tired of hearing that, bro. I'm so tired. Yeah, of of course it is. But that does that doesn't mean that when Billy Bob goes down the street and gets shot in the face, that when an atheist says, "Why did that happen?" What are you gonna say? Sure, the atheist position it's just a bad argument. It's it's not in good faith. They're just throwing a Christian under the bus. But what's your answer gonna be? Uh, the, the flesh is bad. Uh, everybody, we're all sinners. All right. <laughs> Shut up! Shut up! That's a that's a terrible argument. That guy I, was a sinner. I've got a better one. Sure. Again, entering the Mormon verse. Mormon verse. We're about this. But since we believe in a pre-earth life, we were very heavily involved in this pre-earth life. What's what's with God? What's pre-earth life? So okay, so, so you think you had like a what you existed spiritually? We all we are eternal creatures. We okay. existed then, and we will exist. Okay, so far the, beyond. Why do we enter flesh? Is there a Mormon perspective? Yes, on that? there's a, our our whole belief system is based off why we're here. So I told you my answer why we're here, but the real Mormon okay. reason for why we're here. Yeah, is you said it conflicts to be tested. 
That's the exact reason. That's fair, I think. To be tested I don't... so that we can become like God. Because sure, we believe that God is an exalted man, meaning God was once us. So, okay, so I have a different perspective on that. But okay. the, uh, the made in the image of God thing, I've, I've heard people argue. They're like, uh, I've heard, I've had actual conversations with people. Well, they were like, well, if we were made in the image of God and man murders... Then God is an unjust God, and that's so stupid. (laughs) You have to go. I think you kind of totally misunderstood that the whole idea that, and this is where I I disagree with the Christian argument of uh, we're just the flesh is sin, which is like no. But when it says we were made in the image of God, that's because the capacity of good exists. Yes. Right. Yes. So it's like, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, and, and like the the whole flesh is sin argument. Sure, flesh is sin with the way that we use our flesh. But since I believe God is flesh, I don't believe it in that way. Sure. I believe we have bodies for a reason, and there's a a, a godly reason. We'll be able to use those bodies. Being tested isn't a bad a bad take. I don't think. You know, uh, yours sense. is better. I think, the, I, I think I think, so. but you could argue that that's being tested. You could argue that the loving the neighbor is the testing. Yes. At the end of the day, I, you're I, I, I at believe, the end of the day, you're testing who does and doesn't do that. That's 100 percent part of it. When when we go up for judgment, I believe we'll be judged equally according to the good deeds we didn't do, more so than the bad deeds we did. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah, sure. You didn't you you didn't hug Nathan today. Well, that's that's just as sinful as slapping Nathan across the face. <laughs> I mean, it is. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty common idea, I think, across the board, is that okay. all sin are kind of equal, I guess, except for blasphemy. I think blasphemy tends to be the one that every or religion... Or being black. Or being... If you, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, did, so, just to... Oh, God. Just to really go back and really get into this, did he say that God told him that, or was that just a totally out there opinion? I actually he was like He was like, God told me to love your neighbor, but I was like... Cool, but if I could add something, not your black neighbor. And then, I, is that what happened? I actually don't know what his like official statement on it was, but what I do know is black people were banned from having the priesthood up until this. This is why it's such a controversial thing in the church. Up until the set, the late seventies, late seventies, the civil rights movement was was already over. Yeah. So the church, was and a he little, was like, fine. He was. A, they were a little late to the game. They were, on that like, they were like, all right. We're all good now. You know, the church has a super strong influence in Africa. There's really? tons of more you said it's like, You said it's oddly strong in... Uh, Pacific Islands. Pacific Islands. That's wild. Africa, Pacific Islands. Uh, there's a lot of members in Japan. Like, the church is international. The, the church is growing more outside of the states. Because... That's crazy. Americans, religiously, losing their faith. 100%. All across the board. Terrible. I blame Christians. I do, too. I really too. do. I, think, I do, too. That's I think sad. The, I think preaching for so long on the, the hell point mm. really just was the nail in the coffin for them. It destroyed it. And I've talked I've talked to my friend about this and, and why. Because Islam is the fastest spreading religion in America right now. And I've, I've tried to explain this. I'm like, they just got the game down. They're yeah. so much better at it. Because they're so... Uh, I 100% going to just piss off any uh, Christian listeners right now but they should take notes from the way that islam spreads absolutely because it's so much better yeah there's just the idea of like hey why don't you just participate 
with this with me. Like Ramadan, like, hey, why don't you just fast for a couple of days with I me? I love that simple. And message. then it's like, and then, but it's like, uh, for it, and they'll just be like, hey, why don't you just come over and and, yeah. and have have it with us? And for, then just that alone, you've just opened the door for simplistic conversation, so and it's so much better than if you don't believe in Jesus, you go to hell. And it's like, yes, dude. <laughs> you talking about the way Islam presents the religion? I've been taking notes. I want to do that on my mission. They're so fire. No, like, you should. Yeah, come check it out. Yeah, just come check it out. Or just talk. Read just this. talk. Yeah, yeah just, just talk read this. Me. That too. So like, because I've seen, I've seen, seen it happen with like Muslim friends. Well, we'll do that. It's like, yeah, hey, why don't you just read a couple passages? Hey, I thought this passage was cool. What, what do, do you, you think? think about it? Yes, that's so cool, dude. <laughs> and it's so much better. So it's cool. so much better. Than, did you know Jesus died for your sins and you're going to go to hell? And yeah, you're just there, like, I don't want to talk to you. There's a difference in read it for yourself. Yeah. Find out if it's true or yeah. Jesus said this. I don't. You know what's? You know what? I'm gonna take a huge. I'm gonna take debatably the the hottest take we've had somehow tonight. Okay. And that hot take is, I think, uh, uh, damn it. What's the? I, the word left me. What's the word when it's like personal? You know what I'm saying? Covered dumb. The word for per, it doesn't matter. I'll just anyway. use personal. I don't think there's anything wrong with like just explaining your personal perspective. That's not. I don't think that's a bad idea. That's anecdote. I, it's anecdote. Uh, I don't yeah. see anything is wrong with that. Like if 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 I could just sit here and go, this is why I believe. I don't think that's there's that's wrong. I think so that's so beautiful. I think it's better than it any other argument. That is what a testimony is. Yeah, that's, like, what this it's, is, that's what it's supposed to be. And then somebody can go, yeah, but that's just you, and you go, yeah, dude. The again, I hate speaking for these people, but I'm gonna do it anyway because we're on a podcast. I don't care. The Christian perspective of what a testimony is is my pastor told me so. <laughs> That's what it is. It's it's horrible. Yeah. But if if we're working off, you know, the personal basis for why we believe things, the personal relationship that I have with Mormonism is that not because anyone told me so, but because they said go and explore, and I did explore. Yeah. And I found more answers within that. That's fine. Yeah. Another thing. That's so much better. I I think anecdotes are fine. Yeah. Like it, it, just like if I like if I was trying like if I just went into a bar and sat down with someone by themselves and I was like I'm gonna talk about this I want to attempt to spread my thoughts mm. I, there's something wrong with just being like hey man this happened to me and this was my outlook and I thought that was pretty cool and like that's just awesome. I think that's fine dude I want people to approach me like that but the problem is not many people will approach you like that that's a, y- you have to be that's a question that's a question that if we have people on I want to ask them I just like my yes. the number one question is like why do you believe and I don't want to hear none of this like you were like it was family yeah bad answer I don't it's think a it's a good answer, answer. yeah if, like unironically like if your answer it like if and you can just ask yourself just in general like why do I like why am I faithful and then your answer is like well my family is you need to like think about you need, it. You need to deconstruct. Deconstruct. Your faith. Leave your faith. Leave I've, your faith and find it. I've deconstructed my faith several, and I hate using that terminology, but I, I really have. Yeah. You will wake up one day and be like, "Why am I doing this? Yeah. Do I care? Exactly. Why do I care? Yeah. And you have to search. For yeah. That. And I want to. I hope that when we have people on and we can ask them that, we can go, "Why are you faithful? Why I want a person. I want a personal." And like, I, I feel too. like we, I really feel like we currently occupy a culture where you're not allowed to answer that in that, that way. Cause mm-hmm. I think so many people, like if I give an anecdote, they're just going to go like, well, that's just you. And think about the other million perspectives and like my, you know, well, some, something I love about me and you, cause we talk about it, but so many religions are, even mine are just cultish. 
They're so yeah. cult like, and and they, they don't they don't want to hear someone's personal perspective. Yeah, of it's why like they abnormal believe. to have yeah. a personal perspective, right? Which is crazy because the most influential people all had like personal connections with God. connections with God. Yeah, but exactly. then it, but then it's like if you have that, it's like sinful or something. Yeah, God's like knock. You shall receive, seek, you shall find. And everyone's like, well, my pastor told me that. Shut well, up. I believed it till a woman said it. Oh my God. <laughs> she was up there talking about the same gospel I believe in, but it wasn't a man. It so. wasn't a man, so I told her to get down. That's right. I went. I burned the church down later that night. I was like, no, nah, she tainted it. We got to build another one. Yeah, it's so stupid. So yeah, dumb. but <laughs> yeah, no, I, I want to ask that question to like everybody we ever talk to. I don't. I don't. I don't even care if by some some weird miracle we become some form of famous and and like figures want to talk to us. Yeah. I want to ask the Pope. I want, and I that swear I would be question. so disappointed if we if you asked the Pope, like why are you faithful? And it was just some bullshit, just some bullshit. Like oh, well, it's here. It's always been here. And it's like come on, man. You mean tell me when you were like a 12-year-old boy or something running around, you didn't just have a revelation of your own. You didn't go out in the world and, and gather a perspective. You yes. didn't talk to people. Your religious foundation wasn't like formulated. That Okay, so the reason that I have a testimony has nothing to do with the church. Yeah. It has nothing to do with Mormonism. No. It has everything to do with me seeking God. Yeah. Hot take. I think, uh, I think most creeds kind of really just here to like put you in the sphere I and then agree. you just need to go out that, that's my that's my whole philosophy on shut up and listen this, shut up and listen is that in a nutshell this is a part that I, I left out of joseph smith's vision i forgot to tell you but christ is like you're all these creeds are abominations yeah I, and, and i believe the same thing i yeah, believe if, so, if you if you are subscribing to a certain idea about god but you didn't explore it yourself you're just doing yourself an injustice. this is this is my and i don't want to Again, I really hope we can have a Muslim on. And this is something that I, I honestly could probably talk just hours about. Mm. But my favorite thing about Islam right now is just the idea of surrender and mm. how like just beautiful that is yeah. as just a notion where it's like, yeah, you just surrender yourself to God. And then to be a jihad, the taboo word. Yeah. But to be a jihad, it's just like just exult in that just to mm -hmm. go out and be that person. Like this is I like I gave myself to God. This is why. And I want you to hear it. And that's it's it. Amazing. Yeah, and he's like, you're like, that's very beautiful. That's what I, every Christian missionary what, should be. It's what every faith should do. Yes. At the end of the day, it's like I like in <laughs> the. It's weird, but again, that like contingency point, like it's so taboo to just be able to go out. And like this is why I believe, and then you go, well, it's anecdotal, and you go, you're right. That's why I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I so this is weird, and it's gonna be this. Okay, so there's two there's two things that we've talked about so far that I think I'm gonna be uh, slam dunked on, which I think I explained my position very bad. I scrambled it, okay. so I'm sure I'm gonna have to just sit down. You'll re-explain later. I'll, yeah, we'll have to sit down and, and actually like thoughtfully explain this. But okay. the, the other thing is probably what I'm a, in a in a weird way is uh, about to talk about right now. But uh, I already forgot what was I saying before that. What was the key point? I got so bad. I got so I just when I said that two things, I thought about how poorly I initially I explained remember. my position to you, and I'm like, I just got laid out. Yeah, I don't remember what I was gonna say either. It's okay. We were. It's okay. We were talking about Islam. How we love Islam and we love the Muslim community. We, we want one of you to come on, please. We do. <laughs> we, we really, desperately. We really do. We want to talk. We have to so you. much to learn. We do. We want to talk to a lot of people, all of them Catholics. 
the Baptist, the Southern Baptist. I want to have a Baptist talk to a Southern Baptist. I, I, dude, I want to start a revival. I want an episode of the podcast to be so good that we just start this huge church revival across <laughs> the United States. People start, dude. Yeah, no, I feel like that's a successful goal. Successful goal is to get people to talk to to talk to denominations. I think so too. I want to test. I want to test the water. You know how like every church, every church, and it's not just. Uh, it's not just like a uh, mosque or your church or any other, ch- like every church, like the, the foundation is we welcome everybody. I want to put that to the test. That's what I want that our revival to be. Idea, That's what we'll I want our revival man. to be. I, think- I want, I want to get better as we do this at just talking about this in general and talking to other people about this to make people curious to go fine. I do want to go. I want people, if, if there's one goal, like we, we have a lot, but like a major goal would be for someone to listen to us and then go, I want to go to that church and I want to ask those people now why they believe. Yes. I want to put that welcome from someone else. Yeah. I want to hear that. We welcome everybody to the test. I want like, I like a six, us being successful is people listening to us and go, I'm going to go to that church. I think most religions are accepting. They just haven't had the opportunity to be accepting yet. Sure. Because no one, no one goes to, they have Again, they haven't promoted themselves very well. No, but like just speaking just from the church building that I go to, man, we're shelled up. Yeah. We don't talk to anybody. Like the, the most visitors we get, it's because of me. Yeah, because I, I could invite, see that. I invite people. I could see my that. friends. I've passed your, so I, I worked at Domino's for like a year and like four months. I've passed your church literally thousands of times and I've never once even considered what it was. Yeah, exactly. Or anything. I would never have known that was a Mormon church if I didn't know you personally. That would have just been removed exactly. from everything. Exactly. And I feel like a lot of churches have. Like they put, because I think, actually, I don't know if your church says uh, we welcome visitors. It I says know visitors welcome. It does. So yeah. I think that's pretty common. I think most yeah. churches. And when I was looking up a mosque in the area for us to go, that was like the first thing on all of their websites. No one's going to visit. Yeah. No one's going to visit un- unless you put yourself out there. And that's yeah. the problem. Yeah, but again, we I think don't. they're just bad at they're bad at promotion. They're bad at Dude, promotion. Dude, this makes me so mad. Me and my brother, we're all about missionary work. We're sure. all the time. No, it's great. It. So I love it too. I love it. So we went to some of the older people in our branch. We were like, hey, how can we put ourselves out there? This is a real conversation we had. How can we get involved with the community? How can we yeah, I have do that. some interfaith work? And you know the answer I got, Nathan? We have a Facebook. <laughs> I said, okay, That's okay. Bullshit. Are, 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 you, are you using it? Are you talking? Uh, like, and the, the Facebook is privated, Nathan. <laughs> like, wh- okay, what are you doing with that? It just the, it makes me really mad. This is something that I care a lot about. Like, I, and it's something that I, it's so funny. So, in a way, I'm already thankful for this podcast, despite this already being the first episode, probably already me dumpster too. fire. But something that I, like, I'm so happy is for, for like five years straight, Five years straight, I've wanted to do community service mm-hmm. and had no idea how to do it. I literally could not find an in like an outlet to do that or just an in to do that. And like, I knew that churches were supposed to be good at that, but you, like what you just said with the private and Facebook, you can't figure it out. And it's and it's like just putting "we welcome you" on a sign. Just it's not like an open invitation. No, because it's like I really. I've like felt it so hard that I've just wanted to go to just walk into a church and be like, I want to do something for the community. Yeah. 
but it's not it's like all i got is a welcome sign and it's like well even if you went in there you would just get an excuse well well we can't really do this yeah we don't do that that much yeah all we really do is cook some food on like thanksgiving again I'm going back to the gospel here. Christ is the ultimate example. To really love someone and reach out, you have to put yourself down in the absolute pits of hell to do it. Yeah. You, you have to put on the ragged clothes. You have yeah. to wash so your feet. You have we, to get dirty. We've talked about this. Like We've talked about whenever we get in a position where we can invite people on, we want to make it like a point to be like, we want to do things for you guys. Yes. We do. Like When we're here, like we want to do something. Like yeah. I, If you have like an elderly member that needs like their lawn mowed or something... Sure. But the point is like, we want to do something. I've wanted to do that for years now, but it's so hard. And and again, going back to like why I'm thankful for this is that in a way we're going to have to put our own ideology to the test, which we also probably need to be the people that go in and ask people what they feel. We have to be those people. Yeah. We have to just show up to a church. Like, why do you believe we're, we're tiptoeing into this. And I know that me and you like have the self-confidence to do it, but do we really have the spiritual gumption to do it? True. It takes so much. It takes a lot. You have to find yourself. And like right now, I have an I have an inkling on who I think I am, and I'm sure you're in the same position. I am. So there's also that, right? Like it's like I have it I have an idea and, and, and I'll probably have to maybe the next episode we'll just I'll just talk exclusively about like my beliefs and I'll like really get into it. I'm so excited for that one. Right. So but like, yeah, I still I have an idea of who I think I am, but I don't know that. I've never been faced with the question of who I am more than being asked of what would you give up for God? Yeah. That's sure. a crazy answer. Sure. I, I don't know. In the I, pursuit. Just right. the pursuit. Just the pursuit of God. I, I can't, I, I don't think I can it's, answer that right yeah, now. Yeah. No, not at all. But I like really if this, if we do this more and more and we actually like put ourselves in a position, where we have to go and talk to people. Mm-hmm. That's like really going to answer that question. Yeah. Especially if like this goes like international or I'm, like outside the country, like the second the second one of us, the second we leave the country together to go talk to somebody and just in a different part of the world, that's like, that's it. I already know that right now I'm making certain sacrifices, but it's really nothing in the grand scheme of things. Like I'm giving up two years, I'm giving up time, but that's nothing in the eyes of God. No, I, first, first of all, I would make an argument. You're not even giving up time. I, I would yeah. make an argument that like, uh, just the perspective gain. You're you're gaining something. I would even argue. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, you could be like, well, you're young and you could be doing this, and it's like, yeah, but what you're doing, what you're going to be going to Fiji, right? With the opportunity to talk to people about your faith, like you're just gaining perspective. You don't get that. Normal no. people, normal people that I work with that are just going to work every single day, they didn't, they never got that. Like I can guarantee you right now, like when you come back from Fiji, like two years down the road, you come back your perspective is grown. If you go and talk to any like 40 year old who's been working their whole life, that none of them are going to go. Yeah. You just threw those two years away. So many people have a close perspective of what their life is supposed to be like. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. get a job, wake up, go home, wake up, <laughs> go the, to work. Like, what, what's, what's the purpose of it all? Yeah. I you mean, know? you're cause like the thing that's so cool about missionary work, like that kind of missionary work is, uh, that's you're you're gonna answer the question of like who you are so hard. So here's here's a question I want to ask because we need to we're we need to have like our own. We have to just accept hard questions. Yeah. Now they're gonna come. I have a huge one for you. Okay. Are you prepared to have a possible denomination change? That's a huge thing, right? Oh my gosh, that's, that, a, that's huge a hard thing, question. Right? 
and like what that means to do that. This answer is going to be very vague and it may not be a direct answer, but I'll say this right now. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the closest possible way I've found to align myself with God. Sure. But what, whatever way I can align myself with God closer, that's where I'll be. So I'll I don't that. I will never quote me on this, no matter what happens, will never ever think that either of us would could ever occupy the position of prophet. Ever. No. Like, period. I don't care if we're on the stage talking to a hundred million people. That's dropped, not even a thing. Even no. if I would take the, I, I joke about Moses a lot, but I would take the Moses. If God himself came to me tonight and was like, go and spread my word. I'm I'm like, I, first off, yeah, I'm like, are you sure about this? Not the question, are you sure about this? Second, I would be like, I'm still not going to say I'm a prophet because like the, what that entails is just insane. Yeah. I'd be like, sure, I'll go and talk about, you know, what I feel but in I'm the not world. I'm speaking for you. Yeah, I'm like, think. that's so crazy. But, uh, uh, yeah, the 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 weight, just the weight, the weight of already being. Now I'm speaking from a Christian perspective, but you know whatever God you're serving, the weight of just being a disciple of Christ is already is enough. Super it's crushing, soul crushing, even crushing. It, 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 it's hard. It's terrible. It sucks to wake up in the morning sometimes. So going back to because this this question is being raised on the denominational change. The thing that. So, oh man, my, I talked to my mom about this. I'm probably about to just obliterate that poor woman's perspective, but she said that she studied religion in college and uh, what she studied uh, kind of killed her faith because she couldn't understand how so many people had so many different perspectives hmm. and she couldn't figure out. And this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Like how do you handle the confliction of one person being turned, another person being turned and them having simultaneous, like the same story. And uh, this goes back to like the, the, what you said is like, unless God, you don't, you don't, I feel like right now we're unprepared to know what it means to have a faith change in the pursuit of helping other people and what that means. Yeah. Right. Like, you, like right now you're like, well, I'm here cause this is how I feel. And you have like no idea. Like what if just the kid getting, I would never say that we're a prophet, but just the idea that people could be misguided and be closer knitted to that, that community to try to help them would almost warrant a weird denominational change in, in and of itself. Like if we just talked to one denomination and we just felt like we really need to talk to these people and you just have to engross yourself in that, you know, like oh, in I, that community I, and like what that means to do that. I absolutely see what you're saying. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use the example of Christ again. I'm nefarious for doing that, but you know, he put himself in with, you know, uh, non-believers, Pharisees and Sadducees, and he served those people. So if I'm getting what you're saying correctly, let's say there, there's just some obscure religion that I don't know about and they, I feel called to serve them mm -hmm. and they are incredible at serving others. I am going to be in pursuit with them to serve others and God. Yeah. Now exactly. that, does, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'll change faiths, but yeah. I will be more involved with them for yeah, sure. 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 Yeah. That's, that's fair to put it that okay. way. Cause that's how I, that's how I currently feel okay. on the Islamic perspective yeah, and yeah. why I think I've read so much about it is I just like, I have a weird connection. Fa yeah. Fascination. Yeah. Just connection with them in general. Which is weird because there are some Islamic ideas that I feel like kind of conflict with hmm. what I currently believe. But at the same time, I'm just 
like so in love with the way that they pursue themselves and sure. how they pursue themselves. I get that. I, I get that. I mean, that, that's why I love faith. Plus in like the turmoil of uh, those poor countries, a lot of them. Yeah. At the, which, at which, our expense. which, yeah, at, yeah, most definitely at, at our expense, which we were talking about, uh, being tried. That's can't wait till one of us thinks it's a funny idea to go to like Yemen to talk Dude, to people. Okay. So like, let me, let me say this too, to the little bit of listeners we have, you know, I've, I've talked about trials that I've endured here on this podcast. When we get someone else of a different faith, oh, I want to know possibly from another country. I want to know. I will shut up and I will never talk about one of my trials again. Because I guarantee you they've had far worse rough ones, rough ones, terrible. Yeah, imagine. So, oh my God, yeah, totally. I, yeah, just people, martyrs, just in general, like a real martyr. First off, will just make you shut up. Like someone who's like they really stuck stuck to their guns. I watched my father die for our beliefs, and I've been in the trenches every day since, just doing missionary work and pouring out my heart, dude. I will, I will shut up and listen. Yeah, I want exactly. to meet someone like that. Yeah, that's that's like question two. That's like that question question one being the why do you believe? Yeah, and then that being like question two. It's like what like what keeps you there? What like what's that's, the what's the testimony? Yeah. yeah, what's just holding you down? The we, thing that you refuse to budge. We were talking about a lot of things that we need to write down to keep within the podcast. That's that's two of them, right? Yeah. Why and, do you believe in what keeps you in? And uh, again, I feel like it's so taboo to ask people that because that goes into the anecdotal thing again. And I don't know why but people hate anecdotes and are religious. And I imagine that's because if you're only, your only argument is just like, well, God's real and that's why, then I see where... We, we, it's, you know, it's because there's that age old atheistic argument like, oh, you only believe it because the spirit told you. Well, that's just your heart. That's just your brain. Shut up. I (laughs) I would argue. I I would argue that's not normal. And that's my whole like perception. If if you are a believer and you've had a, a, you know, a faithful spiritual experience, you will know when something is you and something is not. We've talked about, so this is what we talked about, about being called on something. And I want to talk to other people that feel similar had this. Cause, and I talked to my friend, I talked to my friend uh, the other night about this. I was like, cause I, I asked him, I got curious and I asked him, I was like, have you ever been felt like you've been called to something? And he gave an answer, but I don't know if he really understood uh, what I was saying, and it's what I was talking to you. I was like, "There's a difference between like an intrusive thought, mm. or like so, so like what you would consider lusts." Yes, right. It's inner, and it's you acting on it. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's so obviously you acting on it, or like, yes. it, or what you would call an instinct. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference between something that like surrounds you. It is the world around you. Yes, it's a completely different experience. It's like you the the feeling compelled to do something from a force that's so obviously outside you mm-hmm. is a noticeably different feeling entirely. Yeah. Like when you just walk, when you're just like walking down the road or you're just like in the store getting something and it's on your mind, but it's not, it's not even that it's on your mind. It's around you. It's like concealingly. You can almost see, you can almost yeah. see it. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. I have those every day, Nathan. And yeah. I, I would call them spiritual impressions. But sure. I almost 
percent of the time, do not act on them. And I want to get to a place where I'm acting on them. Yeah, I don't every want, single time, and I, I ignore them. And yeah, so I think it's totally easy to do that. It is. It's so easy. Be like, eh, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> maybe tomorrow. And I always know maybe. it's not from me because it's never something I want to do, and it's always something no. good. If no. for someone else. Yeah, it's like aggravating. It's like yeah. trying. It's like giving someone the bigger portion. You, you talk about being called to like talk. Yeah. Talk about these things. I have a I have a similar thing. A lot of the time, I'll be prompted, "Hey, you should you should tell this person about this thing that you experienced." I'm like, they don't care. Yeah. But I don't know that they don't care. Yeah. I should just start acting on it. Yeah. I have to do that. I've talked to you about that. I have to do that. That that's my conviction. That's See, what I you, bear. You can probably help me get to a place where I'm opening my mouth more. I have to. Because I already, I already, I have been opening my mouth more to other people just from talking to you. Yeah. About. Well, I, so I have a, because <laughs> I've talked, I've talked to one of my friends about this where I've, I've been like, uh, I had to like let my ego die very early on. Yeah. I have to, and I'm gonna say shit. And I'm going to like not word it right. And I'm going to have to go back and just reiterate like four or five times. But mm. like, I honestly feel like if I don't throw, if I don't even throw the mess out to be refined, then I will just like implode from the inside. I can't do it. Yeah. Like that's the compel that I have. I understand. Is that like, it surrounds me where I'm like, I have to, and I only feel right when I do talk about it, mm. even if it's just fucking shit coming out of my mouth and it makes no sense. I I'm like, understand. if I just let it sit, and I don't throw it out and then try to shape it, worse things will happen. I remember I was in like the sixth grade, dude, and I was explaining to one of my friends. He had asked me a lot of faith-based questions, and I ruined it. It was terrible. And I still feel bad to this day because he he hates God. He, he hates faith. He's one of those. Yeah. And I feel like part of it was my fault for explaining it badly, but because I took the path of at least trying. Now I'm better at articulating it. Yeah, you have to. You and have it's a to. huge, it, it's an argument I've, I've gotten in with, with several people mm. is they're like, well, if you don't have it articulated, don't say it. And like, you have no idea, man. Sometimes you have to say it to articulate it. You have to, you have to, you just have to throw it out there yeah. to figure it out. You can't just morph it entirely in <laughs> yeah. your mind. And a lot of times other people can help you. Shape yeah. And I've talked like that's why my ego died. Cause like I had to be in a position where I had to say it and let somebody destroy it. Cause if it just yes. sat, it was just going to destroy me anyways. Yes. So I'd rather somebody just beat the shit out of it. And then me like be redefined from that. than just like, you know, I get it, man. there, it sounds odd, but there's no better feeling than someone just you throwing a faith-based idea out there and someone just slapping it across <laughs> the table and you going home. And, uh, much like that, um, David guy that we, the book. About. Yeah. From yeah. The, the seeking all going home and looking at it yourself and coming back with a new perspective on it. Yeah. Perspective is everything. Love and it. yeah. And that's, that's one of the things that I want us to do with the podcast. When we talk to people, that's yeah. why I think it's such an important question to ask. Like, why do you believe mm -hmm. I want that? And I hope that people aren't afraid. Like that's, I want that to be an encouragement. I like, I totally I throw, throw everything that is currently subscribed out the window. Anecdotes are cool for faith. They're so cool. They're so cool. I like, I want to, the more people we have on, I want to ask the question, like, have you seen God? Not in a literal sense, yeah. but just how has he acted in your life? Yeah. I want I want to know how many people have been compelled by something clearly outside. Yeah. And a lot of people are shy to talk about it, but I mean, people see things. Yeah, just they have it. dreams. And, but I feel yeah. the same, like with atheists. Like if we had an atheist on, I want the same thing. Like I want to know why you're an atheist. 
Yeah, no, yeah. I want to know the anecdote to you being atheist. I don't mm-hmm. want like I like cuz from both sides I don't want I the Bible argue. belt per, I don't want the Bible belt person who who's just like, "Well, I just believe scripture is law." I'm like, "Well, that's lame. I want to know the thing that happened that you really had to sure. refrain on." And I I want the same thing from an atheist. I don't want to hear the, "Well, I've looked at it factually." Like, get that shit out of here. You know, I want to know the defining moment that I changed your life. I don't want to speak for them again, but I think an atheist would would argue that a faith-based person is more anecdotal than them, but I think they're equally both as anecdotal because even mm. within atheism, you have to do some mental gymnastics around certain things to get to that point. Yeah. So we're all holding on to something. Yeah. Atheists do it too. Yeah. No. They but do. that's fine. That's the thing that I want to know. Yeah. I want to know what you're holding on why, to. Why and why are you holding on? To why it? are you holding on to it? Yeah, that's the real question. But I don't want boring. I don't want boring shit. No, I don't want boring. I don't answers. want scriptures, law, or like scientists. Darwinism. Said this. Yeah, I don't want to. Darwin said it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to hear. I, yeah, I just want to know what happened. Like, what was it? like? I don't like. It could be anything. Like, well, my mom died when I was seven. Why was? Why did that happen? And right. like, that's fine. I let's think, talk about that. <laughs> I think within atheism, there's different types of atheists. But I think if you're an atheist, you're only one step away from hitting that brick wall of why why then then why humanity then why personal feelings then why love then why all these things you have yeah, to hit that it's brick not black wall. and white we've thought we've already said that several times yeah. it's not black and white and it's and too, i, I want to hear their answer and, why. and that's not a critique on atheism no, that's a no. critique across the board because yeah. like i know some christians who who live and die by a black and white perspective like that's it like scripture is law because if it isn't then nothing matters. And you have to like, well, there's a lot of untangling that we have to do here. What that what that's called is solo scriptura. And let, let me just throw this out there on the very first podcast. I do not subscribe to scripture alone. I actually sure. believe outside of the scriptures more be- than I believe in the scriptures. Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm currently pretty heavily non-denominational. Because yeah. everything is like from just my... It's me. It's just like what how I've lived life, how I've talked to people... And like what religions meant to me and how it shaped me. And right. all of this exists without a live or die black and white Scripture, perspective. Scripture is a tool. That's always how I've used 100%. it. 100%. Always how I've used it. And that's that's with the Book of Mormon. That's with the Bible. That's with the Quran. Like, and and I'm, I'm able to learn. Like I'm open to learning yeah, through all Scripture. To. That's just yeah. what it is. I would, I would argue. So we, when we were previously talking about the possible denominational change, like what it means to be... Uh, affected by like one group of people, hmm. I'd, I'd almost argue that's why there's so many denominations. Oh just yeah, for that reason because you're just adding perspective, mm-hmm. and like what that pursuit, how that pursuit changes you, which is why going back to it, that sign, the whole we live, we worship by the way we live our life. That's like that's live or die right there. That's it. It is. That should be that should be like the 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 quote for religion in general. Like just so beautiful. I cannot get over that quote, dude. Yeah, that should just be it. Like I don't care what your denomination is. It's like that's it. Like I want like how are you how are you choosing to live it? Ever since you've told me that quote, I've thought about it just about every day and yeah. it has literally made me spend my days differently. Yeah. Because waking up and realizing that if I'm fully submerging myself in that calling, I should be Serving God every day. I feel like this is the part where people hear this and go, that's just called being a decent human. And then I feel like we have to go, it's not that simple. It's more than that. It's more than that. Because it's like, that almost implies that we weren't trying before. But it's the 
it's like the it's like the representation of the fear of God. I yes, think. it's like just it's oh man, it's like the full acknowledgement of uh, of consequence is yeah. what that is, and that's like and that's how it changes with me. It's like getting angry. It's like it's like a, something as stupid as like having road rage. Mm-hmm. It's like, cause like now when you really think about that quote and someone just pisses me off, I have like it, my mental breaks and I'm like, I want to get so mad at this person, but at the same time, I'm like, probably shouldn't do that. Right. Right. See the, the cultural understanding of being a decent human being is, Oh, be nice. It'd be nice. You know, go to pay your bills. Yeah. But there's a difference in serving someone and being nice to them. So it's weird, but like, I think one of the benefits, uh, from religion, it's not the be kind, it's the being, it's a, it's being aware that you can be an asshole. Mm, okay. I feel like that's like what it's been for me. Like mm. the, the difference, right? Cause it's like, that's what it means to, that's what it means to actually face consequence. Okay. Is like being kind is like an afterthought. It's like I have to acknowledge what it means to not be kind to you. Hmm. I have to acknowledge that if I'm just a douchebag, what how that affects you, not just me, but the oh, the outwardly I, I implications. Okay. Yeah, it's not as simple as just be kind. It's not as simple as just be a decent human being. It's like, well, there's a lot at play here. No, it's not. I can be kind to someone all day long and absolutely hate their guts. For yeah. me, I try to approach it from a place of love. Yeah. What it really means to love someone. I it's can tell to- I could totally dislike that's, you and love you. That's why that's the beauty of the uh the from my perspective, the uh made in the image of God argument. Yes. Which is the the capacity of good. Yes. The capacity of good is a direct acknowledgement of like tyranny. Mm. That's what's happening from like how I understand that, that line. Right. It's like accepting that you're a piece of shit and then being like, Oh, it turns out I could not be a piece of shit. That, <laughs> that realization is so awesome. But, but I, but I, and I really like, again, if, if somebody's listened to this, the, the three people, and if one of those three people have the perspective of, I don't need God to know that stop and just really like ask yourself that question from now on. Like whenever, Whenever you're doing something, ask yourself, just stop and go, why am I doing this? Yeah. And I just, I want the unfolding of that nature. Don't just fight it. Cause my, again, my perspective, the, the shut up and listen, that's how I got to this spot. Right. It's like, if, if it's weird, if I'm bringing, if I made you and me a plate of food and I'm bringing it over and let's say one clearly has more than the other, not, but just sheer accident. And there's just a moment where I'm like, I should probably give, I should give him the more. Right. I just stop. Like if you have that, that moment, just stop and go, why? Where did that come from? Where did that come from? Yes. And why am I acting? Why, where, why am I acting on that? And why would I not act on that? And again, that's when you realize in that moment, it's not as, it's not as simple as just be a decent person. Yes. Cause you, it's like the full spherical acknowledgement of like that. I could not, and he, they would never know. Right. That is Cause such that's a the, example, that's the opposing dude. is like, if I sat this down, they'd never know. They, they, I'm aware of it. And they're oblivious right now. Like right. maybe they're talking to somebody or maybe they're talking to you and they haven't come to that realization. Like I could just pretend like it, this never happened and they would never know. And, and I would be the winner. And then exactly. So yeah. this is so funny. I, when I was going to Texas with my, with my friend, I had like a two hour, 12, it was like a 13 hour drive. So two hours isn't really that much in that span, but a two hour, but a two hour conversation where I tried explaining to him consequence from a religious perspective. Cause mm. he, I think he's, atheists going on like agnostic kind okay. of thing. And I told him that I was like, 
I was like, if let's just say hypothetically you were hungry and you didn't have any money and you picked up an apple with the intentions to steal it. If there was any part of you that went, this is wrong. Why? 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 Yeah. Why? You're hungry. You're poor. You're probably a little bitter, probably a little resentful. Why would, why would there be any part of your body that just goes, I should probably put the apple down. You probably won't. Most people, I'm not even saying I would put the apple down, but I'm saying like the fact that you can pick that apple that feeling's up there. and it just, that split happens. Just like, why? I'm curious to know what, what his answer was. I don't think, I think he was just compelled by the conversation. Okay. I don't think he had an answer, which is what I'm sure somebody will. And I, and I no, want to know I'm that sure answer. They would. But yeah, that's like the, the shut up. That's like the shut up and listen just to the, to my core of my belief. So yeah, so every time someone just goes, just being a decent human, it's like, seriously, next time you're doing something, just ask yourself why. I'm sure you're going to come to a quick realization. It's not as simple as I'm just being a decent human. Like, nah, dude, there's like things happening. There's things happening. There's a a pathway to not being a decent human and a pathway to being a a decent human. Those are happening happening simultaneously. Yeah. And like, I just want to know why. Like, I want you to and ask yourself why. You are why. always more compelled to do the good. Yeah, you never do it. Most people no, don't. No, I don't. Even me. No, I don't. Everyone's selfish. I yeah. That the the food thing happened today. I literally microwaved my food, and like, the one on the left had less than one on the right, but he was sitting on the left. And I was like, "Fuck it, you're getting the one on the left." Yeah. <laughs> but it still, but it still arose in my mind. I'm like, I should probably swap it over. And I was like, I ah. too much. <laughs> Too much. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, that's one of those things that you were talking about earlier about we, we I hope that we change. The 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 already uh, the awareness of like that outwardly like it's no, it's not just in your head, it's around you and then actually acting on those things and not just going nah. That's yeah. beautiful, dude. <laughs> but but yeah, it's like to all the again, just I want people, I want I want to encourage people to have them just ask why they do things. It's fine. Just do it. Ask yeah. yourself. Maybe do something. Just shut up and listen. Seriously, I like I. I want religious people as a whole to be more open to that idea. I don't care what your denomination is, but like I just, whenever you're praying, I just really want you to go like, "Why am I doing this?" Just figure it out. I think most people are scared that they'll be like, "Oh, then I'll just find." What if I find holes in it? And I'm like, "That's fine." Oftentimes, and that's that, that's your time to go and seek. Oftentimes, I fight prayer so bad, but mm-hmm. when I do, it's really when I'm. Broken heart, contrite spirit. I just, I need it. Yeah. Why am I doing it? That's a great question. Yeah. More people should ask them. They, they should. Sh- they should. Just, I want like, like that's the make, make religion more personal. It's okay. It's totally fine. It's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's become so taboo, but like, it's fine. Like, just ask yourself. I want, I want people to just like, just be like, why, why do I follow this? And like, who cares what your family, like, again, and like, that's when you can be like, well, it's not as simple. Cause like you could just destroy a family. It's like, ah, well, yeah, you, you might, but at the same time, it's like you, you, you owe it to yourself to really like go out and figure it out for yourself. Hmm. So it's like, man, what are you going to do? Like, if you just, if you're held in a position, like, well, my mom's a Christian and my dad's a Christian. And if I just come out and say that I don't want to be a Christian, they're going to lose their shit. And it's like not, it's, I get that it's not easy to be like, well, I might like just have to walk away from my parents. But again, like you kind of owe it to yourself. Just ask yourself, like, why are you doing this? That's not, that's not even me trying to talk you out of it. That's me trying to talk you deeper into it. Really make it, make it personal. You'll find, you'll find your own thing doing that. Yeah. I'm sure. And a lot of times it brings people back to faith with just a refined sense of their faith. So I talked, uh, (laughs) funny when I mentioned my mom, 
of falling out of faith because of the, the confliction and in, in so many different scripture. I don't know. I, I think the opposite happened for me at some point. I just kind of accept that. I'm like, well, you know, it was probably, it was just right. It, but it also goes back to the, we worship God by the way we live their life. Yeah. You, I feel like you kind of really have to have, it's one of my biggest conflictions with uh, the Christian perspective right now, which is like the, if you don't accept Christ, you go to hell. And it's like, what if you don't know entirely? Like, what if you're just somewhere in the world where that's banned and you just go 15, 20 years of your life and you've just never seen a Bible? Right. Do you just assume is the, the, uh, the basic assumption, like that person's doomed to hell now. And it's because they were right. secluded. But from my perspective, going back to the shut up and listen thing, it's like, I don't know. Depends on how they act. Depend like from my perspective it's like how many times the person who's never picked up a Bible never doesn't even know it's a thing. They're just removed. have no idea. It's been, there's so many, it's been just secluded from them. How many of those people have done something where that consciousness has emerged? And I don't know, like how many of them were aware of that and then acted on that? Cause like, again, you could argue that that's them acting in like a being what Christ-like essentially. Yeah. That equivalent and never picked up a Bible. Mm-mm. Cause like, again, cause I've had this, I've had this conversation with my friend. This is something I would also like to talk to more people about, but it's like God came from nothing. Mm-hmm. And that means everything. Right. Came from nothing means everything. Right. Well, I guess I, they would argue, they'd be like, no, the Adam and Eve thing. And I'm like, okay, sure. Well, that perspective that destroys everything. But like, if you're trying to take a more like hard stance, like Adam and Eve is, is metaphorical, then you could just go like human history, culture emerged and then religion happened. You go, well, that's weird. Right. Came from nothing. Mm-hmm. I wonder why did again, why did that person decide to not spear the other man? And it's like, I would, I would make an argument that the person who was like, what if I don't just throw this spear into that guy's head? I just turned around and pretend like I didn't see him take that banana and run away. And it's like, oddly enough, I would make an argument where I see that man acting in a place of like, like in God's favor. No, he definitely would be. <laughs> but then you have to just ask like why that happened. Mm-hmm. That question means everything. I believe everyone's born with that instinct. I call yeah. that we we call that the light of Christ. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's born with that. Yeah, they the know weird, weird thing that it's so hard to explain that it happens. Yeah, that's like my that's pretty much my perspective. That's amazing, dude. It's the shut up and listen. I, I would I would be doing a disservice if I didn't mention this because you you mentioned it a minute ago. But I'd be doing a disservice to Mormonism if I didn't say that we have a beautiful answer to the people who've never heard of Christ sure. and never accepted Christ. We do baptisms for the dead. That's so cool. those people who have, this part of the thing we do in the temple, those who have passed on who would have accepted Christ but otherwise didn't because of whatever circumstances, we baptize them by proxy. Meaning, I can baptize people, but I've also been baptized. I can do both. But... I would baptize a, a living person on behalf of this passed away person, and they have the ability to either accept or deny that baptism. Huh. Yeah, because you guys believe in the, the eternity. Right, The right. infinite. Yeah. So that makes sense from your perspective. Much like, Cath- you- much like Catholics believe in a purgatory, we also do. We There's spirit paradise and there's spirit prison. Okay, so but- not to like totally butcher the shit out of uh, the Christian perspective, but uh, when you die, you don't immediately get judged, right? You get judged on rapture. That's Which is I, an odd favor yes. for Mormonism. Yes. Because that would almost be like what you guys are doing kind of makes sense. 
Yes, people get really angry that we do baptisms, baptisms for the dead. I know a lot of Jews were angry that we were doing them for Holocaust victims, <laughs> but I think it's a it's a really it's it's part of that interfaith work. It's beautiful because if you don't believe that what we're doing actually works, why would you care that we're doing this beautiful thing? Yeah, for these people, and and they have the ability to either accept or deny that. Yeah, sure. So, but I have heard. I don't know the Christian perspective on this because I've had heard differing, but I I don't think they like to admit it, but I think they do believe in a stationary point between earth and heaven. Yeah. Well I don't yeah, know. I don't know, I don't know what I don't know it either, but from what little I currently understand of the of the matter, I think uh you don't go anywhere until rapture. Okay. So like when you when you die, it's not final, but there's nothing there until yeah. yeah, it's like you're like just the sleeping. resurrection. Yeah, and then Okay. And then rapture is like when he comes and takes his people. And then theoretically, like if you were saved and you died, that's when you come so back. So is the rapture also in part in step with resurrection? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I think that's okay. what happens. I think like G- like from what I understand, I remember Jesus comes back, then rapture happens. Jesus okay. comes back, takes the pe- takes those who are saved. And then that's like, and then he leaves. And then I think that's when Armageddon happens. Gotcha. That's when like everything just goes to hell. That's when like Satan's domain just unfolds. Yeah, just unleashes, and all the four-legged, four-headed creatures from Revelation come spewing out. Yeah, I, I, so I've mentioned this. I have a current hot take on Revelation. Oh, I love right, where I believe that it's just metaphorical. It is. It's purely metaphorical. So in this, and I get, and I get in some arguments. I've gotten a lot of arguments over this, where I think it's just the beautiful ending of the story and its completion. It's Mm -hmm. like. From my perspective, Armageddon is getting in your head that your judgment is inevitable. That's what it is. That's what's happening. There is like okay. there there is no escape. You will face your crimes. Okay? And that's basically what it's telling you. Yeah. That's it. That's uh, and that's I I don't really subscribe currently. Maybe that's subject to change, but I currently don't subscribe to the whole uh giant praying mantises coming out of the ground and I and, don't necessarily either, although I would love to. Because it would I, be cool. I do believe in this. I want. I've mentioned this. I want my my brass knuckles to say God bless. I'm ready to fight. I think it would be funny. I think a holy war sounds pretty cool. Do you know what? Do you know <laughs> but, what? Uh, like esotericism is. I don't think so. Like to be esoteric. I don't. Not entirely. Esa, okay, so you know, like what uh, New Age spiritualism is, right? That's like the crystals and, oh, and okay, the rocks and yeah. stuff like that. Okay. Esotericism is kind of the same way. It's more of like a spiritual belief in things, less subscribing to a certain religion, but it it involves weird things like cryptids and stuff like yeah. that. I love stuff like that. I think those people like almost get religion and just they do ignore it. No, well, I, okay. <laughs> I I believe a lot of people who are esoteric in nature they're do like it, do it better. Yeah, they get it. They put the fun back in religion. Yeah, sure. Sure, yeah, I agree with Religion that. Religion is fun. I agree with that. They're yeah, they're connecting to just like the the lovey dovey spiritual, now, which is what we which we've mentioned we want to do. Uh, yeah, I do. Now, mind you, sometimes religion sucks. It really does. Like, there's plenty of times where I'm faced with something that I know is within my beliefs. I really want to do it, and I'm like, oh crap, I'm not supposed to do this. Okay, go ahead. And then like the guilt and the shame that you get after you do it. Sure. But, but that's what repentance is for, right? Sure. But, it's like under it's the understanding that you're gonna you're gonna uh, crumble. Yes. Right? You're gonna give in. Yes. You're gonna at some point you're gonna give in. Yeah. It's unfortunate. But you know. 
then you try and hopefully you don't do it again. You try. It's a lot harder. I it's okay. I feel like it's okay to admit that too. I feel like not enough people in, in modern day religion are willing to just accept that. Like the dude, you're gonna you're gonna stumble. I do not do due diligence to my religion. Mm. Not at all. Yeah. You, you can meet Yeah, sure. Far better members of my faith than I. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't represent it very well, it's but hard. I, I represent it. To the best of my ability. It's hard. And it's it okay is. to admit that. I it feel is. like it's so okay to admit that. It's it hard. It gets hard. So hard. It's not as it's not as easy. You're sometimes you're faced with an obvious and you're just like, you just fumble it. You fumble it so you hard. Do. Like I growing up, I looked at these people as heroes, these people I went to church with. Yeah. Now, man, they're terrible. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. I, I kind of love that they're terrible. Yeah. Sure. It gives it gives, it gives me more room for improvement. That too, yeah, yeah, more room to grow. Also, yeah, yeah. Some people get turned off by that, though. Some people, some people grow up and they see they're like, "Wow, the people in my church are awful," and then they're just like, I, "They just throw it away." You can and that's do, you sad. can do something with that. You know, they say never meet your heroes. Yeah, for that same reason. It's kind of true, but I'm I'm glad I met my heroes because now I know that they're not heroes at all. <laughs> they're me. They're you. It's all me, and we're, we're all human, and we're all going to flop. Yeah. And the same the same people that instilled these beautiful principles into me as a young kid are the same people that were doing the opposite of those principles. And now that's what I'm doing. So I'm teaching these beautiful principles, and then I'm going <laughs> home and, and messing up and not doing them. And I think there's a beauty to that. Yeah, sure. But you try. You always try. If you're not trying, then you're just sinning. Yeah. With, with nothing. But you, yeah, you have it, to learn. Sure. Yeah, you have to try. It's yeah. so hard. Again, yeah, it's not that easy. Like we've already talked about this. We talked about how how often it is that something happens. You're like, this is wrong, and I should do this instead. Then do the wrong thing anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to do but this. Though. What's so What's so funny is like that's so biblically normal. It's so normal. it's so biblically normal. Like it was even normal for. I could relate to Jews on just. Uh, such a deep level. Of yeah, that. it was. It's so biblically normal for like God to almost straight up just be like, "Don't do this," and people go, "I'm gonna do it." I hope the Jews don't get mad at me for this because I know we'll have one on. We'll have what, one yeah. on one day, but like you guys are really good at that. Yeah, just absolutely screwing up. <laughs> you guys just seem to be really great at that. In their defense, we all are. Yeah, but but, like, they, but unluckily for them, it's so like recorded. <laughs> But it's also because, like, you're God's covenant people, so of course... Yeah, that, you're being watched. You're yeah, being recorded. It's going to be a lot harder for They y'all. drew the short straw where, like, history remembered them more than other people. That's true. So you they you remember the good and the bad, and in history, there's a lot of bad. There's a but lot it's of bad. So, I feel like it's so biblically normal for people to just, like, be even in the presence of God himself and then just do the dumb thing. See, I... You know, you you have this fixation on Islam, which I love hearing about. I'm so excited to have a Muslim on. I wouldn't say I have a fixation with it, but I that would be my answer. I remember you asked me a while back, like, what religion would I really want to have on? Judaism. I'd love, yeah, to have someone who practices. Yeah. That I want to. I want to know. I want to ask him more about the the God removing. Yeah, and I'm not talking about like a cultural Jew. I'm talking about like, like an Orthodox. You pra- yeah, you practice this. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's yeah. someone who just decided to join. Yeah. Yeah, I want to talk to a lot of people like that. Just people that... Like, what what draws you in about yeah. it? Yeah, so that's so funny, because this goes, again, back to, like, my mom lost her faith because of that, but I feel like, nah, I think the opposite happened with me. I want to know. 
I do. Cause like, that is the huge question. It's like, man, cause, cause think about it is when I read the seeking all of finding Jesus book, that book like changed, I think in a positive, how I view everybody who had a denomination change now. Hmm. Cause like, I feel like an easy way to read that book. I feel like there's 100% people who read that book and then they, they feel conflicted because somebody probably read that book and was like, wow, the opposite happened for me. Like I was, yeah, I was Christian and, and now you, I'm Muslim that because I had too. the same thing. And then, and I feel like in the, the typical response would be like, this is a confliction. I don't know how to handle this. And it's destroying my faith from the inside. But again, like I, I wouldn't like, there's something to that story. There's a reason why that happened to you. And there's a reason why it happens separately Right. And I want to know. And I don't feel like that that doesn't remove things from me. This is controversial, but you kind of alluded to this earlier on asking me if I was willing to have a denomination change. And I think this will add to my answer, but I do believe that God uses different outlets to draw you closer to him. Yeah. Whether that means you leaving the this is really controversial, but you leaving the Christian faith. Yeah. And you don't it's like, oh, this is, so yeah, that there's a confliction with the acceptance of Jesus and the possibility of that being a thing. Yeah. Right. Because Jesus is so uniquely definitive yes. from a religious standpoint. He is. It is a make or break. Yep, it is. But then at the same time, you have to like, there's like in that own make and break, it's like, can you accept the idea that bringing someone closer to God is still a success? Mm-hmm. And what if doing that forces you in a position where you're not taking a hard stance on Jesus. What happens if you're a Christian and you, you have a a denominational change to being Islamic in the pursuit to help Islamic people get closer to God. But in that you, you kind of remove yourself from Jesus. That's a tough thing. I don't, right, but you're dealing with a huge. You're dealing with a huge problem. My, like, my very Christian answer to that is: I don't think that's possible. I don't think you can remove yourself from Christ in entering into your uncomfort zone with another denomination and like really trying to understand and love them. True. That's fine. That so sure, I'll accept that because yeah. that goes back to just like helping in general somebody. Right. Uh, uh, live like Jesus Christ is not going to be mad at you that you went and, and prayed with the Buddhist monk. Sure. And if you think that you I, I'm going to say your friend thinks that probably that God would be mad. And we've, and we've talked about how we want to, when, if we get the opportunity or I guess if we definitively have to force ourselves into going and talking to other people, we've talked about wanting to do missionary work with them, even if that means succumbing to like their perspective, but I feel like, yeah, I get you. Nathan, so we need to go to church with him. Yeah, sure. It Let's fun. do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Next time you're with him, invite yourself. Okay. Say me and my friend want to go to church with you. Sure. Yeah. Does I'll, he go to church? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's I'll, do it. I'll drive us. Let's do it. But uh, yeah, so I guess you you raised like an argument against uh, kind of that. Like you, I guess you can technically put yourself in favor of the Islamic people. Mm. But not necessarily sacrifice Jesus, but still bring them closer to God exactly. in general. Yeah, yeah. So that that matters because yeah. So that's like, but that's the thing. But you then you still have to accept. You're just like, well, second, this is what makes Jesus so interesting because again, he's such like he's so definitive. Because mm-hmm. like from a Christ, from a general Christian perspective, you can like no matter how close you get a Muslim to their idea of God, if they don't accept Christ, they go to hell. Mm. And then that's like a battle. But then you're just like, I don't know. You don't see. There's it, a lot at play there. 
you probably know more about this than I do, but Islam is kind of unique in that they do believe in Christ. They believe he's a prophet. They just don't believe right. he's the son so of God. So as a Christian, how do you how do you how do you handle that? Yeah, I think exactly. are, are they accepting Christ truly? Yeah, that's a huge thing. Yeah. Like how, and so I, many but so many people again, so many people would uh so many, so many people would be like, that's a confliction. That's like definitive in the destruction of religion. Because you're just like, what does that mean? Does that, does that mean that every Muslim, no matter how in, like close to God they are, are they dooming themselves? Or even in the opposite, like if you're, if you're Muslim and you're like, if you follow Jesus as, as God, as a figurehead of God, that you're dooming yourself, no matter how close you are to living with God. And people like that, that destroys it. But I'm like, I don't know. You know, I don't know much about Islam. Again, we'd have to have a person on. 100%. But it doesn't seem to me that the Islamic faith and Christianity conflict as much as they say might think, it, think does. it does. Yeah. Would you agree with that? In a way, depends. Okay. Depends. Okay. I, I really need to know the the entire uh, I, case I, on I would I would ask you what would be a contradiction, but I know we don't really want to go there until we have someone on. Yeah, because we can't I, I'm speak not for them. seeing the contradictions as much. No, I think the only thing is like the accepting of Jesus as your Lord. Okay, and that's it. And if they if they just see him as a man, like he was just a prophet of God, not necessarily God Himself. Okay, so that would be a conflict that they have with Christians. But Cause, then, because I know with like Judaism, there's there's a big line drawn there that you know Judaism is very law based religion, and Christ coming and saying, "Hey, that doesn't matter now." Just accept me in your heart. Yeah, that's that's like a, a big yeah, it's a no. huge thing. But I, I don't know how that would work with Islam. I don't know how they worship even really. I don't either. I'm so I want to know though. I'm so excited. That's why I want to go to a mosque. But I I feel they're they're uniquely from an outsider perspective uniquely harder to just walk into because at yeah. least with like a Mormon or for my friend, that's a Baptist. It's not as simple as like, I'll just go to 10 AM service on Sunday. Yeah. It's like, from my understanding, the ones that I've looked into around us, they only have like what we would consider a service quotation, quotation is at like 2 PM on Fridays and that's it. But they're open. You can go and pray throughout the day. So it's like, it's brings up, a uniquely hard position where like I really want to go, but it's like, do I just walk and it's and one of those things that you would love to get started in, but you don't know how. How? Yeah. It's yeah, like, do I, I just that. do I just walk in and wait for the person to finish praying and then go, hey, what was that about? Like, would a better the best place to start is to talk to somebody, obviously, but where would they point you then? Yeah. Would they point you to the Quran? Yeah. Would they point you to, hey, come pray with me? Or would they I don't get know. would they get mad if we asked them why they're faithful? I no, people, I seriously I people don't. don't get mad at that. But yeah, that would be that would be my starting point. But it gets it's weird. Again, it's weird because like they're from my understanding, they just like their typical service is just really praying. It's them praying, which is very beautiful, by the way. It's yeah. an own like standpoint. But it's not the same as like going to a Baptist church and then just waiting for service and just picking a random guy and going, Hey, what's this about? Right. I feel like it's too I feel like you're disrupting something too personal with Islam when this person's praying on their own to themselves, like they're reciting the Quran to yeah. themselves and you're just waiting for them to get hey. done. Hey. <laughs> yeah. You get down next to them and go, what, what this, are you doing? What are you, hey, what are you saying? I want to know. It feels like you're just budging yeah, into like their personal. 
I bet they'd be super friendly about it. And I think they know. will be too. I think they're. I think I, I you would, know what I'd love to hear in that situation if we very disruptively did that. Tap someone on the shoulder, like, "Hey, you know what? What are you doing? I want to learn about this." And they'd just be like, "Get on your knees and repeat and repeat and repeat." That's yeah. awesome. I would. That would be great. Yeah, same. Yeah, I'd be I, so happy. I feel like in that moment, so going back to the the uh, how do you how do you deal with the the Christ thing? It's like I. It's weird because like. I feel like that brings both of you closer to God, mm. even if, even if Jesus isn't entirely in that in that picture in that moment. Oh, I one hundred percent agree. Yeah, so one thousand percent agree. So it's like yeah. So then I feel like a part of like our future journey is going to have to be explaining that across the board well, and what just, we just, think about that as just, time goes on. Let me just say this: it makes me sound like a hippie, but they get this right. It's true across every religion that I know of that believes in God, the idea of God being this loving figure who wants you to come closer. Sure. Is consistent so, across the board. So, oh, I can really, I, can, I think I could really get into this in particular. So we were talking about personal, like convict or just testimony. How about that? Just testimony. testimony. I have a, a, a confliction in my own testimony, which exists where I feel a, by how, what we described as being called, which is the outwardly presence of an idea forcing me, if you will, and one path is to talk with people and to be closer with them. And in that act brings us both closer to God. That's in direct conflicts with the Jesus principle, which one just the whole, like it, like it's like sitting with somebody who doesn't believe in Jesus. Okay. It's weird because like I acknowledge that's an acknowledgement. That's a clear acknowledgement. And a part of a part of me to some degree, probably entirely just being raised in America and surrounded by those people, it's there. But at the same time, I feel such a powerful need to just be with that person and what they view as God. No, yeah, and then I, I but and I acknowledge that simultaneously okay. where a part of me won't a part of me is forcefully acknowledging the lack of like an acceptance of Jesus and what I w- was taught and learned, but simultaneously being, I think I'm doing the right thing though. You are doing and, the but right it, thing. It's weird. Cause like, I feel, and this is probably so fucking like narcissistic or just, just wrong perhaps to have a thought. But I, from my perspective, I just like my conversation with God, when that day comes, I feel like it's a successful one. It is a successful when one. he's just like, Hey man, uh, you know, you just were with them. Yes. You know, you're with okay, that maybe. person. <laughs> I will absolutely reinforce what you're saying. If if you are in pursuit of that, you don't even have to bring up Christ. But if you are displaying yourself in a Christ-like manner, you don't have to be preachy about it. Yeah. You don't even have to mention him. But if you are, what's be, the word? What we, what we call being. Yes. If we you, refer to as being. If you are being in, in, in that likeness and in yeah. that character, so you are doing right. So to help you, we like explained God. the difference between like, like having a personal spiritual moment and then acting that moment, being that moment with somebody. Yeah. So it's like, cause like, cause we've talked about, we've talked about like our spiritual feelings happen mostly personal, but then united, you want to be that feeling for somebody. And a lot that's of, a lot of times you are that feeling for someone you don't even know. Yeah. But that's like, I but, feel that's my pursuit and my goal is to be that to feeling be that. for somebody. Yeah. Even That's if it, rem- even if it kind of removes a definitive, like I'm just, I'm here, I'm here, man. Like whatever your, your idea of worship is like, I'm here, let's do it. 
That's want beautiful. your I like I want your position to be stronger. That's it. Like I feel like I did my job right. If at the end of the day I walked away and you felt like your moment was stronger because of it. Nathan, I love that. Yeah. Whatever their interpretation of God is, I want them to be closer to that. Yeah. And I feel like that's we're serving true missionary work at that Me case. too. Yeah. This is so awesome. Because it's like I'm so happy I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Because, I don't know, conversion's a weird thing. It is. And you have to get into, like, I guess what your idea of conversion is. But, yeah, it's just like just being, being now with somebody. Going and tapping on the, the Muslim shoulder and be like, hey, can I pray with you? I've Just tell me, just be a little louder, and I'll repeat it and tell me if I'm repeating it correctly. Building bridges, man. Yeah. That's like, what I'm about. <laughs> you're like, I want to do that with you. And yeah. The same thing. Like, sure, let's go to this Baptist church and have the, the guy tell us that females can't be pastors. Because Paul said so. Yeah, I'm in it now. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, okay. No, no, I agree. Let's experience it. You, you absolutely did that with me. That's how I felt when you are at church with me. You were just like, yeah. Oh, let's go. Let's show listen. Me, show me the branch I, president. What's I was, this painting about? Yeah, right. There were so many. I got to see uh, Joseph himself in the woods. I'm so good. And now I know the story. Yeah. Now I know why he was in the woods seeing God. Because yeah. I had a question when I saw that. I was like, this is fucking strange. <laughs> It is strange. Mormonism it's, is a very when strange you, thing. If you just see that painting with no context, you're like, this is weird. Yeah, it's just a boy. Just a boy seeing two men in the woods. See, I, I want what you did for me, I want us to go together and do for other people. Yeah. Like, because when you are introducing someone new into your faith, it makes you see your faith with fresh eyes. Yeah, 100%. Like bringing you in there made me realize like, Wow, this is normal for me, but from an outsider's perspective, this is weird. <laughs> but like, it's normal to me. And I've grown up with. Yeah, and it, I don't. It's really cool. But I want us to be on the side of the one me, like being walking in there for the first time and yeah. just being like, "This is fine." Yeah. To that person, being like, "Hey, it's maybe it's a little weird that your first uh, your first sight of this is just getting on the the carpet." And kneeling, but you're just like, and then just looking at me, go, no, that's fine. Like, I want to be here. I want to do this. Yeah. Like, it's it's totally cool. Well, actually, so funny, funny enough about the the weirdness, all the weirdness. What I was happy with the day I chose. I think I had a better time over the fact that you guys had two like people that were very new speaking. Yeah. Than I would have had if it was just your president speaking. That's true. I feel like that would have actually been a weaker first, first visit yeah. it was cooler to just see just two people go like we're gonna try our hands at this so, some, something that i love about my faith is the humility of everyone to even if you do not have that strong of a testimony or you don't know very much about the gospel you're still invited to speak we let that, kids speak all the time that's how i felt about the se- the second the girl that's how i felt about her yeah Sister that, that was so Sister clearly like i don't know if she's done that before but it Felt no. like that was her first time. That, that that that's the first time I've seen her speak. Yeah, that was like the first time she had like paper. She had like notes that she was reciting, yeah. and it was like, yeah, there was something raw about that. Like she just woke up one day and was like, I'm gonna write something and I'm gonna do it. Yeah, it's and super she cool. did. And the reason we let people do that is to just let them learn. Well, yeah. So it goes back to what we were talking about. Like you have to let people stumble. Yep. You have to let them talk and stumble because they're not. If they don't, they're not gonna figure it out. Yeah. They're not. I have seen from from the pulpit up there someone say something about our faith that wasn't really true, and then the pre, uh, President Friday had to go up and, and clarify in sacrament meaning, but it wasn't like a mean-spirited clarification. It was just like, hey, they said this. They're actually wrong. We don't believe that. We believe this. But it was done in a very, very sweet way. Yeah, that's fine. That's but cool. But y- you have to let people do that. That's how they learn. Yeah, well, sure. So encouraging people 
to even if it's muddy, get up and talk for themselves. Mm-hmm. I think just makes their their personal experience with it so much better. So oh, much yeah. better. So much better than the person that's just being hammered on. It, dude, if you loved that, every um, is it the first Sunday or the third Sunday? I always get it mixed up. One of the two. We do a uh, fast and testimony meeting. So for that day specifically, we fast. We don't eat until the last meal of the day. Sure. But we the testimony meeting part, anyone gets up, open mic. You can just walk up there. Like I've been up there. That's cool. Yeah, I we, do. We've had we've had visitors who get up there who aren't even members of our faith. They're like, "Hey, I like this." Yeah, I've, that's so really cool. I've talked about this. I have a sermon. Yeah, yeah, I do. Me. I don't. I'm just saving it. I haven't figured out what the day is, but I have it. I have one like on reserve. Fast and testament meeting. I'm inviting you. Yeah, to give your sermon. Is that when I do it? I have it. I just have it on reserve. Like if I ever just felt the need to get on stage and talk, I have it like pretty much prepared. Or just we'll just make a whole podcast episode about it. I could. I could just do my first sermon on a podcast. Awesome. Yeah, I have it. It's about. I'll. I think I've spoiled it, but too much. It's about science. It's about like yeah. my position on science. I'll play a really angry member of the congregation who's just heckling you the whole time. Can I yeah. do that? Yeah, sure. Okay. I want that. They're like, well, God gave me this. <laughs> what about the Bible? What about the Bible? It says right here. Yeah. We, you, we, God gave plenty of signs, and I'm going to be like, yeah, none of them listen. Nathan, listened. did you know that the heart is deceitful and wicked above all things? Listen, all I'm saying, all I'm saying, okay, just to get this out, just to make sure we're all on the same page, Moses split the Red Sea. And they worshiped a cow. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Just saying. I don't think That's you can. So I don't think you could get a better sign than a whole ass sea splitting. That's true. And then going, nah, nah. nah. Or or Look at this calf though. Or even the pharaoh, the pharaoh of Egypt, watching a staff or a snake turn into a staff, and then bro. Going, even before that, the countless plagues that came that yeah. just destroyed Egypt. They're like, nah. The- <laughs> Exactly. I'm just saying they don't work. That's it. People. people speaking of that, this is listen. this is weird. Um, this is God. This is gonna get us bashed. I'm sorry. I'm not really sorry. I want to be bashed. We're gonna get bashed over this. I don't like it when people seek out religion factually. That might be oh, my hottest yeah. take. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I hate uh, so that. people. People who they the, the, they define their religion by a scientific stance, it's like I feel like you're almost doing it wrong. I and have this, so much to say about that. And this. this is the part where people get like, "What?" It's like the rabbit in the hat thing, where they're just like, "Well, what is it? Just you know, is it supposed to be blind?" And I'm supposed to believe that? I'm like, "No, shut! Just fucking feel it." Dude, okay, I have so much to say about this. First of all, that's what faith is. Christ encourages you to have faith. You know, uh, man may not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Okay, that's not science. That's not, hey, uh, we know the Bible's right because actually we have the Dead Sea Scrolls in this uh, this city in the Bible. We actually found it. Yeah. I hate people like that. Let me tell you something, Nathan. This book right here. <laughs> the Book of Mormon. Has zero factual evidence. You will not find any evidence out of the Book of Mormon. Barely. I mean, there's... Some niche people who are like, yeah, there's some evidence here. I don't care about the archaeological evidence. Okay? Yeah. Th- th- this is an ancient record. Even if it's not definitively 100% happened, this book will get you closer to Christ than I believe any other book. So yeah. it doesn't matter that there's no scientific evidence. Yeah. It's stupid. I don't care. Yeah. I, so I can already hear all the people that are just like, oh, so, you know, so... So even if there's something opposing, I'm like, just feel it. And then they just go, well, it's just about feelings. I'm like, yeah, just shut up. 
really, I'm going to, that's going to be like just the thing that I, I stake to till the day I die is like, just shut the fuck up. Just stop just for a moment. Just live in that moment. And the things that like you'll hear and accept will just change your mind. That's what the spirit that's, is. Yeah, dude. exactly. I, I hate people so, so much. I, so God, but it happens on both fronts. If you're building, I'm going to be honest, like, and this is, this is in its like infancy. This is an idea that needs to be like planted, nurtured to grow, to be taken care of. But like in its infancy, from both sides, atheist and Christian, when you are just uh, religious in general, when you're approaching it, being like, I'm trying to be definitive, you're setting your foundation to fail. Because mm. if if you're just building a wall and you're just like, I need it to be structured and strong and make sure all of the holes are prepared, you're like, you're just the Titanic. You're just waiting to hit one thing and it just break down the middle. Yeah. You're just waiting for something to happen when you stop, like when, when you can't force every situation and something presents itself and it just crashes your entire opinion. So just shut up. Yeah. Like, I don't care if you're atheist, but I, I don't want to hear that you're atheist because you listen to a scientist. And I know that's that so sound, dumb. I know that that sound like the people go like, that's the fucking point. It's like, no, really just shut up and just exist for a minute. Just do that. Right. Remove yourself Remove yourself from the need to be safe. No, That's I, all it is. I understand the the scientific allegory that you were saying. That, like I'm I'm an atheist because I listen to a scientist. I've That's not I have heard the argument that I know the Bible's true because the Bible makes a truth claim within itself. Yeah. Well, That's so stupid. I'd also don't want to hear the argument of, oh, so you don't believe like if you get sick, you don't go to the doctor because God will heal. I'm like, I'm not saying that. Like again, I just want to clarify strongly the position is just exist that's it just mm. stop it's not it's not don't go to doctor because science because vaccine isn't proven no go get your fucking vaccine that's not what i'm saying what i'm trying to say is stop trying to build your your understanding of the world off of just like a forced a forced foundation you know what i find so funny this is a little bit of a divergence from what we're talking about but the fact that people try to pin up against god against science is so dumb Science exists because of religious people who wanted to find out the mysteries of God. Yeah. That's quite like Sir Isaac Newton and all these people were deeply religious. Yeah. Very sure. much so. Sure. And they were like, yeah, God created these in beautiful intricacies. Yeah, sure. And that's like, fine. it just it yeah, pains that's, me. That's it. I just like, I would like to talk to an atheist. And like, it's fine. Like, and I'm not, I'm not here. I don't want to, I'm not saying that when we talk to one, I want to convert them. I just like, I don't want an atheist to come on and the whole time just be, I believe this because I read a dissertation and this is what it said. It's like, nah, man, just mm. come on, just exist. Just exist for a moment. That's fine. If you're still atheist, if you, if you're like, I don't believe in God, but I've just taken the moment, how I live my life and the things that have happened, just tell me otherwise. Like I've just had bad things happen and I just don't understand. I'm like that. I, I, I accept that position. I just don't want the foundation being, I read a scientific note and it's like, that's fine. Like, I'm not saying that what these, like what scientists, I'm not anti-science at all. It's stupid. Not me either. I love like astrology and shit. Okay. I think it's super cool. I'm not one of those, like the earth is 10,000 years old kind of people. I'm not that. And we I want to make that. I want to make that. We do know those people. I'm making that very clear. I'm not a, <laughs> the earth is 10,000 years old person. I think science is cool. I yeah. love it. I love particularly like uh, astrology and like space in general. 
I'm not sitting here being like, no doctors that say vaccines work are wrong and all you need is God. I'm not fucking saying that. But what I'm saying is that when you build a belief entirely off of like written paper, which is oddly counter, but just like it, like just something that's seemingly objective, you're just waiting for something to just crash through your life and blow it up. And it's from both sides. Again, it's from the Christians that like the scripture is law. I was about to say, yeah, that's comparable with the Bible, too. You, yeah. can't, you cannot do that with the Bible. Yeah. You cannot read the Bible and quote the Bible every day and not live by the principles that it teaches. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, it, I, and the argument, again, it's against people that are Scripture's law. Like, they, they don't, they don't, it's like that, they don't live it. They want to ring. They don't live it. But, uh, back to the personal connection with God thing, I oftentimes... I try not to. I don't do it very often. I don't quote scripture at people because I want I want them to understand my personal sure. spiritual connection. I think the that quote, helps people. Quoting more. comes later, I think. Yeah. Quoting yeah. comes later. Quoting it's, is or, a tool. Or, or, yeah, it's a tool. Like, it's uh, it comes paired with it. Like, this happened in my life, and here's a Bible verse that makes a lot of sense yeah, exactly. in that perspective. That's cool. But like just when you just like raw dog the Bible verse or the Quran verse, you're just like this. Dude, you will find more you you will find a a more rich connection with scripture if you first live your life. Sure. Then apply your life to the scriptures instead of reading the scriptures and just 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 reading. Yeah. Does that make sense what I'm yeah. trying to say? No, it does. Yeah, okay. Because there's some people I would argue who are quote unquote faithful people that like didn't get a perspective of life. They were it's like they were scared of a perspective of life and they found it in scripture. I feel like those people are doing it wrong. I think so too. The the time where I found the most richness of faith was when I was not. Yeah, when you my walk faith. away from it. Exactly. Yeah, one hundred percent. I was not living it. Yeah, and then. I messed up so bad. I was like, "Oh, oh shit!" I was, I was right the first time. <laughs> You're like, "Oh, I was being stupid." Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with that so hard. Yeah, and I, I, I know some people. And I think we all I think we all know some people who just like that. Their life is that, and they won't go and live it. Yeah. And, and you're again, doing yourself a disservice. Again, we're not saying to walk away from your faith <laughs> so, that, so that you'll gain this experience of not living your faith. Yeah. I think... You got to be lost to be found. Yeah, like, read arguments against your faith. Yeah. It helps. It really dude, does help. Dude, nothing makes... Speaking of that, nothing makes me more mad. And this goes back... This is another... This is the fragility argument. This mm-hmm. is the building your stance off a of factual base. Is if you... You, it's like you, you're scared. Some, some part of you deep is scared that something could conflict with it. Mm-hmm. So you just fight against it. That's and and this happens. Christians do this a lot. Mm-hmm. This is the Christian critique on this side, is that they'll only listen to arguments in favor of their faith. Oh my, like yes. like the argument where their person's winning. Yeah. And it's like, you can't do that, man. You have to just understand that there's a reason why that person's across the table from you. There's a reason. And you in some of those reasons really, really gonna tear your brick wall down. Yeah. Destroy it. And it's not a bad thing. No. It's like you don't lose yourself in that. You find yourself in that. You do. Listening That's to- going back to the our our grand moral of the whole live just 
just you worship by the way you live. Just it's fine. Just be with that person. Mm-hmm. Be it. It's like just accept the difference and just be with them. Just be with them. And a lot of times that's going to require you to get some sweaty pits. Yeah. And be a little nervous and be on the edge of your You're going to be scared. Be uncomfortable. You're going to be very uncomfortable. But it I wanna, really helps. <laughs> we're going to, we're the Antichrist. We're going to be, <laughs> <laughs> I want to just promote, I just want people to be like, hey, just go up and just be with that person. Nathan, I want to, I want a Christian to go up to a Muslim, but I want to pray with you, bro. Nathan, are we accidentally the Antichrist? <laughs> We've been thinking about it all wrong. I thought about oh that God, today. No. I thought about that today. I was like, but here, here, here. Let me let me defend us. <laughs> the podcast is the mark of the beast. Let me let me defend us. Let me defend us. Okay. Would, would we we would know, right? I I don't know. Would the Antichrist know? I don't think so. You don't think so? Maybe you think not. Some blind person, blind buffoon. I know I thought about that because my friend talks a lot about that where the Bible gets a little negative at the end, and they're like, "Everyone's going to unite, and that's going to be bad." And you're like, well, "What if we unite and it's not bad?" Yeah. <laughs> Does it have to be bad? Yeah, what if we do that? Yeah. What if we bring people closer to God and like <laughs> we united the world, but I'm we kind of scared now. Yeah, exactly. Like, is that a bad thing? But this this is a good thing. Like, I just know it's a good thing. This is this is yes, I I agree. But this it's is the part. This is the part where twenty years down the road, where if we got really good at this and like we didn't get a Again, no profit thing, but if we didn't get a revelation, then we start questioning. <laughs> yeah. In 20 years when we wake up and go, this is a little weird. If we get a revelation, Nathan, we're going to have to sit down off podcast, just me and you, and be like, where did that revelation come from? <laughs> what master are we serving? Exactly. Have we been, been serving the wrong master the entire like, time? You know I, you know the, the age-old argument where if you... Uh, if you have to question if you're a psychopath, you're probably not a psychopath. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just going to hope that that is in our favor. I'm thinking if we have to sit here and go, what if we are the Antichrist? Maybe we're not. Nathan, but my friend scares me. My friend unironically scares me when he says that because he goes like, yeah, people are going to like unite and it's going to be bad. I'm like, what if it's not bad? Like, why is it going to be bad? <laughs> what is it going to be bad? You know? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe there'll be a separate unification and that's the one yeah, that's bad. Yeah, we have to but contend with it. Yeah, we're the- <laughs> the good unification the good ones yeah yeah god yeah let's hope it's okay because i think they're supposed to unite under one religion so as long as we don't create a religion we're doing good well we already made a pact we made we're not doing that yeah we 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 want to create our like commandments i guess our non-breakable rules that are in the pursuit to benefit a goal not necessarily a creed yeah, and one of those one of those is again. I, I want to be beneficial to other humans, not beneficial to yeah. building my own yeah. faith. Like I don't know. When I'm on the podcast, look, I love the church, but the church is at the window. Yeah. You know, I am I'm here to I'm here to really talk about God and other people and Yeah. And have other about. people do that. Yeah. Give them the, the chance to also talk about it. Man, I really just I hope that we don't get a bunch of duds that can't answer. That, the why are they faithful question that would be so sad I think we're gonna, I want to help them maybe we just need to help those people I think we can help people find faith yeah not the audio not just the audio listeners but I'm talking about people the, we talk to yeah we can get on here and ask yes. them that question if they can't answer just I, help them I would love to have a really milk toast Christian on <laughs> and just help him just, just I, we just actually explode break, his mind. <laughs> break that man he's like I've never thought about that I'm like you should yeah. what if you did 
What if you do it right now? How do you think about it right now? Why do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? What the... The, the Bible says so. And it's like, yeah, but there's nothing else. You haven't thought about it. You haven't felt it. Yeah. You haven't lived your life and made a connection. So you've just read it. What's always been... Your mom told you? What's always been really beneficial to me of like, why do I believe something is... Let's say I'm reading scripture. Let's say I'm reading the New Testament. Christ is here. Am I going to... Like, realistically, if I lived in that time, would I believe... First of all, would I believe this bearded man who came out of the woods, his name's John the Baptist, he just starts baptizing people. He's like, hey, my cousin's coming, and he's the son of man. Am I going to believe that guy? No! I'm no. going to be like a Sadducee and a Pharisee. I'm going to be one of the Jews, and I'm, I'm just not going to believe it. Yeah. Not saying the Jews are bad. Not no. saying that. No. <laughs> nah, you, you misunderstand. I'm just saying, I, I, like, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't believe it. So I try to put myself in this. Yeah, I bet it's so wack. It's eye-opening. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. Like even in the 1800s, would I believe this 14-year-old boy? Yeah, 14-year-old like, hey, boys, I saw, I saw God. Yeah, no, the, no. Of course I wouldn't believe it. But no. why do I believe it now? Right. Because I've experienced. Yeah, you have to. Things. You have to. So. So yeah, just talk. That's yeah. the moral. Talk. Let other just people talk. talk too. Let them. Let them find their faith. Yeah. Again, I. I. It sounds. And God, I know that we're going to be met with so much opposition over the idea of just like letting it be anecdotal, but let it be anecdotal. The yeah. people feel it for themselves. That's okay. It's okay. I'm going to be, I just want to be that person just looks at you and goes, it's fucking okay. I don't know where all of these just assholes came from where everything has to be like hard oh. and in your face, but just let it go. It's okay. Just tell me about it. Be loosey goosey with it. Yeah. Just I be like, it. I don't know. Laugh man. with me. Yeah. Just like, I don't know, man. I just, I wear magic underwear exactly. with me. <laughs> you wear magic it's okay. Yeah, exactly. Like, just let it be anecdotal. Yeah. Just feel it. Okay, just feel it. I don't, like, just stop screaming for a moment. Stop Stop telling me I'm going to go to hell. Just, I, nev- I never once want to be angry on this podcast. I don't either. I don't want to be angry. I feel either. like there's going to 100% somebody will inevitably just pressure us. They'll they'll just keep sticking the dagger in, and we'll, and we'll inevitably have to learn how to handle that, but... Just become overly accepting of them. Be like, yeah, sure. I didn't look at it that way. Yeah, <laughs> just be overly loving about it. Yeah. You know what? You're right. Yeah, I didn't think of it from that I perspective. I am the Antichrist. <laughs> You're so right. Tell I me more. I can't wait for that argument. I can't wait for it to it's be. It's gotta happen. I can't wait for it to get uncomfortable when it sounds correct. Oh my gosh. Right? <laughs> when, when they're like, well, the scripture says this, and we go, fuck, that sounds a lot That's like, like us. That's like me. That's <laughs> like me. Dude, I'm not even joking. What if, just, what if there's this obscure scripture no one reads? It's just got our names in it. <laughs> no one Everyone's always flipped. skipped it because yeah. like, these are too like, weird. These are two weird names to be in the middle of the Bible. Well, no. you're definitely screwed. Nathan, there is name Nathan in the Bible. Yeah. Austin, though. Oh, damn it. Is there a Hedrick? Did I get no, a little bit of protection? <laughs> it's no. in the Book of Mormon. The, I, I, I feel like, again, so... Don't want to be a prophet, but no, but I feel like there there can be a point in which we do justice and we don't get a revelation where we we might have to be like, oh shit, we might be evil, and we have to go on a long journey to find out if we're evil. You know, How do you even do that? Can we just let's, we? That's a day where we're like we just have to take a pilgrimage. Yes, that's the pilgrimage day. I say I say at like. The ten year anniversary mark. We've done all this good on the podcast. We've talked to people. And we we've, do we do a special episode where we sit down with our audio listeners and be like, okay, me and Nathan have been exploring this idea. We might just be evil. We might be evil. So What's now it? now we're gonna go talk with all the religions of the world that do bad. 
and we're gonna go do bad with them <laughs> to see to see if we're good at it. To see if it feels natural to be good at it. Yeah, oh, I don't gosh. know. I don't know. Yeah, that you. I'm gonna have to read. I'm gonna. I like want to spend some time and just read that particular part and see if like the unification is inevitably bad. I'm good. You know what? I'm gonna co- go home tonight, and I'm a. I'm gonna read it, and I'm gonna get back with you. Sure. I want to know if. It's, and then we can talk. We can touch on that. Yeah, because I want to know if it's just all bad. Me too. I hope not. I hope the the unification could be, good. I, I or maybe wanna... they maybe they misunderstood unification. Well, like you know, like we said, Revelation is just full of chalked up with metaphors. So yeah, again, there's, I think it's got, inevitable. I think it's in, like an. I personally think it's in, like an inevitable judgment. So mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe unifying maybe unifying is good. What's wrong with the Christian being able to have dinner with the with the Muslim? What's wrong with that? I don't think there's anything wrong with. Yeah, it. I feel like if they're praying and they're 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 God, they're I have being, I have to take this. Absolutely beautiful experience. You will appreciate this. So this last Sunday, I went to church with, I'm going to say my girlfriend for the sake of the podcast, but Bailey. Sure. So went to church with her, and my I brought my brother. That's cool. I'm glad he went. Yeah. You know, we're trying to just bring everybody everywhere. That's cool. Like me That's good. Talk about. So this church used to be Church of God, but now it's non-denominational. You said, yeah, you mentioned that. And I, I have just a newfound appreciation for non-denominational churches. At first, I thought it was like a gimmick. Sure. But now, dude, these people, these people really are loving, just good people. And the preacher was up there, and dude, it used to be Church of God, so he's on fire. Right? I mean, he's like dancing around, he's yelling, and he he said he said, I don't. I, I'm kind of paraphrasing. He's like, I don't care if you don't like going to church here. I don't want care what faith you are. Christ said to be fishers of men, and I just want to catch men, all kinds of them. Yeah, that's the. And I was like. I want to die I, by that. <laughs> dude, I love this guy. Wanna, this guy is me and He Nathan. gets it. Yeah, he gets he it. Gets it. He gets he, it. Dude, he is going to love our podcast. 100%. We need to get him on. I, dude, I get probably him on. could we, get we him do, on. We need he to tell him so to cool. listen to. Dude, after his sermon, I, I was walking past him in the hallway, and I was like, hey, I really enjoyed it, and he fist bumped me. That's fire. <laughs> he was so cool. I he's, a, he's like... He's a younger dude. He's in his 30s. Yeah. I want to be that. I want to be that yeah. for the religious community, too. It was so awesome. Yeah, I can't wait for us to find out we're promoting all the wrong things. Can't wait for it. When we're just when we're telling people to go out to to test the limits of you're welcome here and just go for maybe we should really elaborate on this. Don't don't go into a church that says welcome here and be an asshole. Don't don't try no, to tear no, no, apart. No, no, no. We the encouragement is going there. Yes. And the, the testing is asking those people why they believe. And don't don't rip them apart if they can't figure it out Dude, or, we, or if they don't have an obvious just like you can lead i think i'm ser- i'm really serious right now but making that a movement would be so beautiful yeah across the world just be yeah. like hey it's like you on your own not you know me and you talk about like going and doing it ourselves like we will continue to do that but getting other people to do other it too people to, to do just it. go to church one day yeah yeah but there should be like limits like if you ask somebody why they believe and they don't give you a good they can't give you a reason it's like don't just like lose it on them just you know Play with it. Yeah. See where they find themselves. Dig a little deeper. Yeah. Make them dig for it. it. Yeah. Make them question it. And that's not like an attempt to get them to leave. That's an attempt to get them to like finalize it almost. You know, I, I'm going to put that to the test. I really am. I'm going to ask your people at your church. Um, yeah. I'm going to ask, ask your dad. That's what I was going to. I was going to. I'm going to ask my parents. Yeah. 100%. Because I've been doing that now. I've been trying to do that. I did it a lot. I think I already mentioned, this, but I did this a lot with the calling thing. Mm-hmm. I just now I just ask random people. Has something ever called you? Because I'm kind of like fishing for the the same answer. Yeah. 
So this is exciting. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. That's a. Really you should ask great your dad question. that. I want you to ask your dad that too. Ask I'm your dad if he's to. ever felt called to something and what it was like. What that experience was to him. Because I, I asked my friend, and and if we get to talk to him, I'll let him talk more about it. But he said he said he felt a calling to uh to preach. And he said that like he fought it for a long time and that he just didn't sleep for like six or five or six days because he just couldn't. It just wouldn't leave his mind. And then he just decided to do it. And how did he feel when he did it? Did he feel fulfilled? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And so like that, it's like, I want to know that. You know, I, I kind of want to get your take on this because with this whole calling thing, no matter how much I'm acting on it, I'm still thirsty for it. Yeah. I still want to That's do why it. I like, yeah. I, I'm happy that I got the talking thing because yeah. you can just keep doing that and it gets and more exciting and then you learn more you and then you can do it even more. Uh-huh. And like, that's like, that's one of the exciting things about talking to so many people and you just learn more. You can talk to everybody about it. And then it. just the idea that we can just one day go like, Hey, we're going to take this religious trip here. And then we can just walk into this random fucking church for God knows who for that like two years prior, we'd even know these were people. And now we're in a different country. We can just walk in there and just be with them. Just, we don't even understand the language. Yeah, we but we but, but but we've talked to somebody and we know what's going on. It's like being able to just walk into a mosque in Germany and just get on the floor next to a guy. I think my main goal, and I've always wanted this ever since I was a kid. I want to be able to look, and I, I I get this at work sometimes when when foreigners come in and I know they don't speak English, but like it's okay. I want to be able to look at someone and us smile at each other, and then there's this that commonality they know. there. Yeah. Sure. You yeah. Know, yeah. It's just, like just within the smile. It's like that human understanding. Yeah. It's like two white guys going in a mosque in Syria. Yeah. And not dying. That's we just got there safely and we just pray and they just look over and like that's cool. And we could do the same. We're like yeah, we're here. We know what we're doing. Awesome. We've been here. We're yeah. seasoned veterans at yeah. this point. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, that connection. Dude. That's the being that we've talked about. That's I would, the being. I would, I'd lo- I'd love to get to a place where I start church hopping. One Sunday I'm going here. Next Sunday, I'm going yeah. here. and not just on Sundays, whenever they're worshiped. Just yeah, on. yeah, yeah, totally. I would yeah. love to do the same thing, and I and I would also like to be able to do a community service, dude. I even tried to ask my friend, and I think you're right. I feel like it's weird because like churches, the religious community as a whole, and this is something else that I think is worth promoting. The religious community as a whole should really like understand that like they have the potential to do things for their community. And it's like they've forgotten that. Because I even talked to my friend about it. I'm like, hey, does your church ever do things? Because I would be super interested in going and helping. And he's just like, not really. We just sometimes do like cookouts. I'm like, that's it? You guys don't like nothing? And the cookouts I mean, are always for themselves. Yeah, I'm like, come on. Like nothing else? Like we have like a lot of storms. Have you guys ever just after a tornado went and did something? Like help shelter somebody or, yeah. or help get, donate something? Raise some money for them? And it's like, no, we haven't done that. It's like, I feel like we could do that. You could. I feel like we we could. That's a possibility. And like, let me just say this. I've been on service projects where we have done tornado cleanup, but just miscellaneous things like that. It is so much fun. Yeah, exactly. It's it's so much fun to be around like-minded people who are just there to help. And like, um, like when we did the the post Nashville tornado cleanup, uh, we had these Mormon helping hand shirts. They're in yellow from our church. Fire. But there were people who were grabbing shirts and grabbing tools that the church had brought who were not members of our faith. Yeah, just I feel like you, d- you do that. Yeah, that happens. That's and like the beauty of community service. The amount of fun and just smiles. It, it was one of the coolest things. Yeah, you're being. And at exactly. what we would talk, you're being in that moment. That's exactly. the, the promotion. God, I'm so scared that it's bad. We're, we're going to be bad. This is not bad. <laughs> I like I know it's not bad, I and I'm, so. I'm I'm entirely going off 
feeling. Yeah. I want what you mentioned earlier, the revival thing. I think that would be cool. I would love, I would love at a point in our budding career where we hear about people just been like, yeah, we listened and we decided to do that. We just went out and talked to these different churches and denominations. Something again, that struck me when I went to uh, Bailey's church is that he had mentioned he'd been praying for a revival to happen in the area, but you can you can pray for that, and I absolutely believe God will move in your life. But you have, I think, most of the time, God will work after you take the first step. I also would like, yeah, and I I would also like I want churches that do revivals to maybe try pushing that outwardly as well. Yeah, not just a. I feel like both both should be promoted. It, yeah. You shouldn't just be promoted to go to a church and ask people their faith. I feel like the church should be promoted to leave the church and do the same. Yeah. Like walk away from the, the you need to believe this, just sit down and like, just be non-combative. Just be like, Hey, do you have like religious thoughts? You have religious feelings? I would like, abs- what are those? I would absolutely love if a couple churches in the area took an initiative, gathered groups of men and women. And they were like, Hey, we're going to send you on a mission. Not to preach against these people, but we're going to send you on a mission to this church. You're going to attend every Sunday for a month. You're going to get to know these people, and you're going to love them and serve them. Yeah. That would be so cool. Yeah, that's what we want to do. Yeah. That's literally what we want to do. I also think that, like, that should be taught as missionary work, too. That's so As weird as that would probably be against the initial idea, but I think that'd be cool to teach missionaries to do that. But, like, like, instead of... Just promote, which is weird. Instead of just promoting your faith, figuring somebody else's out. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. Just asking those questions. Just sit down with someone. Like, do you believe in God? You can't be a missionary living in your own bubble. Yeah. You you just can't. Just sit down with a stranger. Like, do you believe in God? Yeah. And if they say no, like, that's fine. Just be like, why? You know, like, why? Let's talk about this. Like, I'm not here. It's weird, but like, I'm not, I don't want to be here to convert you. I just want to hear you. And that's fine. Yeah. Like, I think you're you're yeah. serving a purpose that I don't think people are aware of when they do that. You don't have to just interject and be like, well, this is why I believe. Just, you can just be like, why do you? And that's okay. And then you find out and you're like, that's cool. That's yeah. an interesting perspective. I like that. And then maybe they'll ask you them. Maybe they'll be like, what's yours? And that's fine. Then you, then you just go like, well, this is what happened and this is why. And then maybe they go, I like that. And then that's it. You did something good, I think. Both of you existed you in a good moment. There wasn't like a, you didn't have like the stupid sign that said gay people go to hell and then nothing good I happened. Hate that. I hate that. <laughs> and then and I, nothing I, good I think, happened. I think within cross faith works, you will find new ways to serve your God. You're going to get so good at it. Yeah. Yes. You, you, you will yeah. be the best at it of taking in everyone's perspective. Yeah. Just bring people, just bring everybody closer Like I, this, to this, their denomination. This kind of sounds silly. Again, I don't know a lot about Islam, but just from hearing the way that they interpret dreams and pray for those. I wish I had that kind of faith. That's why I've like fallen in love with learning about them. They sound so cool. To just to just ask God, be like, hey, I know you. In fact, I'm going to share this real quick. There's a story in here in the Book of Mormon about the brother of Jared. He goes up on this mountaintop. They need to cross this body of water. He goes up with these glowing stones. He says, God, I know that you can make these glow to be able to, for us to see on our voyage across this body of water. I know you can do this for me. If you will do this for me, 
Like, I, I, I just, I know you can. And then God shows himself. So the fact that he had that level of faith to say, I know you can do this for me, it reminds me that's, of Islam. That's, yeah. So the seeking, uh, that goes back to the seeking Allah, finding Jesus when he did mm-hmm. that, where he was like, I don't, when he, when he was saying that he was uh, at the mosque praying and he was having conflicting thoughts, it was, he had the same thing. He was like, I don't deny your existence. Right. I just need to know what's the right path. Yeah. Which is the same thing. It's a fire thing to do. Right. To be like, I don't so deny, cool. I know you're here, but what's the right way? Which is literally that story in a nutshell yeah. that you just said, by the way. People may disagree. You might even disagree. I don't know. I do not think God gets angry when you put him to the test. And what I mean by that is not not necessarily asking for signs, but putting God to the test in a way that allowing him to work with you. Yeah. He wants you to put him to the test. Yeah. Not, I think, not challenging But it him, puts but... you to the test too. There's like, there's a dance that happens when you put God to the test, which you do the same thing to yourself. This is why, this is literally my stance against signs. Because uh-huh. I don't, first of all, I think asking for a sign is stupid. Because I feel like if you, if you ask for a sign, you're trying to be definitive. You're doing it wrong. Yeah, you're, you're trying to be definitive. You're like, you I don't believe in you, but I might. Asking for a sign is, is lazy learning. Yeah. It's a lazy but, way of... But the silence of no sign matters so much because that's the dance you'll learn so that's much. the dance so i so oh my god so to take a really dark uh to, to, a tone just turn in general on this a lot of like my belief from this matter came from a position of suicide because hmm. if you're like i could kill myself right now yeah. and i've been there many times but mm-hmm. a part of you just goes maybe i'll just wait for the phone to ring and the phone doesn't ring and then in that moment, you're like, well, I guess it's over. But then you you think and you're just like, but what about all the people that did the same thing? And, right. they, and they ended it right there and yeah. because they thought that was it. But there's something in that silence where you're like, there's a there's I'm being contended in that moment. Yeah. Like the gun, you have the gun in your hands and you're like there's nothing's ringing. It's silence. It's nothing. You're like, I don't No one's calling me. No one's messaging me. Like I, there's a removal of a sign. And you're like, that's all I need to pull the trigger. But at the same time, you're just like, but I'm being, there's a test to this moment. It's always a test. You're like, yeah, you're just like, that silence is my opportunity to put the gun down. Exactly. And I've been there multiple times where like, that was it. That was the actual definitive to it was like, okay. Living life as a test can be just as unhealthy as it is healthy, but it's benefited me more than anything. Sure. Because it's, it's, it's letting, it's. Allowing me to overcome so much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, like, it's beautiful. Yeah. And I, I love the story in the Bible of uh, Jacob wrestling with God. That reminds me of this conversation. You will wrestle with God. Yeah. You absolutely <laughs> will. Yeah. So uh, go, go, to wrap, about, wrap around, one of the things that I love about Islam, like just, I'm, I don't like just ignore all of the initial complaints or like contend, uh, what like the contending with it, but like Islam just meaning, uh, surrender and the idea of just your whole faith being this idea that you like, you just surrender to God is such a beautiful premise. And I think it's like one of the things that made me want to just read about them more is like, that's such a fundamentally sound thing. Yeah. And I, there's like something like you can just really bleed throughout multiple religions, like something you could just kind of teach as an idea. And that's a nice one. Like, that's a beautiful one. Yeah. like, Like, he, hearing that does not make me disagree with Islam at all. No. 
but it's like something that I feel like it's it's like as we said, it's a tool to use. Yeah, I feel like you can be another denomination. It's a beautiful tool to take. You can. It's like one of those things where like I feel like you'd be a, <laughs> we're gonna make people mad. I feel like you'd be a better Christian if you talked to a Muslim and they told you that is like what Islam means and what it means to be a Muslim and they're just like it's a surrender to God and you'd be like I like that and yeah. I want to try living by that more. Yeah, and I might tell my other friends that. Like, I think that's cool. It's cool. I like I, that. I heard something the other day that really bothered me. It was someone kind of talking about my faith, interpreting it in their own way. They weren't of my faith. And they said, it seems to me like Mormons are interested in the way that God enacts on their life and not the other way around. And I hated that. <laughs> it, 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 it made me angry because I've met so many members of my faith who do the opposite who yeah. live for God. And it made me want to represent my faith in a better light. Sure. So Muslims saying that is something I want to take and put into my faith more. Make sure that members of my faith understand what that means. What it means to surrender. Yes. Like, yes. yeah, yeah. Because that's like living, yeah. Sure. I, I feel like a lot of other denominations would benefit from that. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, because I feel like way too many are definitely, uh, their faith is driven by consequence. Mm-hmm. And nothing else, which you're like, that's kind of lame. Yeah. There's people that are like, I don't want to go to hell. And it's like, is that the only reason though? Like, that's it? Like, you're yeah, going to. I was you're... scared. Yeah, I was and, scared. And it's so, it's such a sad way to view a loving God to yeah. me. I, I just don't think he works like that. Now, mind you, there's been times in my life where he certainly used fear as a tactic to get me to do something. Yeah. And Muhammad, like Gabriel choke slamming him into the ground, <laughs> which is awesome. God's based like that. He'll do that. But I don't yeah. think that your faith should be built around that fear. No. No. No, I feel like it's just, uh, there is a consequence, but that's not the definitive. Right. Yeah, I, I feel like it's weak. It's super weak. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're just picturing yourself uh, being judged and that's it, it's just like, hey, why are you, like, why do you feel, why do you think you should go to heaven? And if it's just like, well, you know, uh, I lived in opposition to avoid hell or something, like, that's basically how you lived. It's like, that's weak. You're like, I was scared. And it's like, pfft. Please, everyone gets scared. Pussy. Pussy. Yeah, like you're, like, you're like, everybody gets scared. There has to be. Like, yeah. I'm, we're not a dictatorship, essentially. Right. There's no iron fist here. Because right. if your faith is built off fear, that's how you spread it. And I feel like that's where a lot of Christians have failed. That's so true. Yeah. That is so true. That's where it came from. Yeah. So, some Christian along the way was like, that's kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, I, don't I gotta, go, I gotta warn people about this. I don't want to go to hell. Yeah, <laughs> and that's how like fifty Christian denominations were. Yeah, were made. Yeah, they're like, I'm gonna chase you into your house and pin you to the ground and scream Jesus, 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 and then you're gonna lie to me and say you're a believer, and then I'm gonna go home pretend like it's okay. I'm Which, gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell God that like I'm proud on Judgment Day. I'm like, you remember that one time I chased that person into their house and pinned them to the ground and so, screamed Jesus until they. <laughs> Until they forfeited, it wasn't that cool. Don't answer this because it's gonna make people really angry. But I just want—I just want to say it as a joke. But which Christian nomination do you think is the angriest? The ang. Don't answer that. <laughs> I think we—I think everybody, even the ones in the nomination, immediately. Yeah. All had. We all have an idea. Yeah, we all have an answer. We all have an answer. It's you you know my answer. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a very obvious answer. Yeah. But anyway, beyond that, we're gonna learn something. Yeah, got a lot to learn. Yeah, got a lot, a lot to figure out. And it all starts with the courage to go into a random church and ask people why they believe. Hopefully, they haven't been tainted. It'd also be a sad thing. 
I don't want people to be tainted. The, there's someone negatively. Who, oh yeah, there's someone who's doing that for my faith right now. I, and like, if if we got popular, I'd love to have him on. But his name's Pastor Jeff. But he has a channel called Hello Saints, where he's made friends with tons of Mormons. He used to Bible bash a ton against Mormons. He he woke up one day. This is literally the spirit of me and you. And this is why I think it's happening across the world to sure. different people. People are waking up to it. Sure. But he woke up one day. He was looking at one of our temples, and he said, this is making me angry looking at this. And I don't want it to, and I want to know why. So he started making friends with members of my faith, going to church, and it's just it's built beautiful bridges between evangelicals and us. Sure. And I'd love to do that for other people. Yeah, I think that's, that's again, that's the goal. That should just be the, so the total cool. goal. But I, I really do feel like, not just with us, I know it kind of sounds silly. I know it does, but... Within the calling that we both feel, I really do feel like God is using people like us to do that kind of thing. Yeah, or just across denomination, which yeah. is why I want to break that idea that stories seeming similar happening across like denominations, I don't think disproves God. No. I think it's like you it's just. Strength, it's a case for him. Yeah, it, it is. It. It's like, yeah, you just, you don't, you, it's like you have to understand that there's so much at, at factor here and just bringing everybody closer to their personal relationship. Like if it's like, if that's what it takes, it's what it takes. Hmm. It's like the, the argument in favor of like just multicultural profits. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah. So it's like, you don't, it's weird, but like I have like a need to just defend the structural identity of Muhammad Hmm. to people now that just go like, what if he was lying? I'm like, what if he was, he still, you know, there was an attempt to lead people to like a faith and and like an example of God. Yes, I, I, I completely. And if he was successful at that, you can't argue in a negative favor. And I, like I understand the historical context, especially with the war on terrorism and like what the. And I would really like to talk to a Muslim that has, especially someone who was like an immigrant. Yeah. Who who like almost lived it and really I would love to talk about that more, but like you can't just remove how unfortunate just war war does to people. Just remove that and accept the fact that there are uh peaceful Muslims, obviously. Yeah. And it's like you gotta think about like their spiritual level. And it's like if if Muhammad did that and their their whole structure on God and belief was strengthened through him. It's like, I don't know. Could, to what degree can you argue against that? Dude, I relate to that so much. I hate it when people try to discredit and disprove, especially religious figures, because I'm going to bring it back full circle to Joseph Smith here. If you are recognizing that good came from a man who, who did mess up, Muhammad included, mm-hmm. Joseph Smith, whoever you want to say, Moses. Moses. <laughs> the all-star. The fruits of my prophet, Joseph Smith especially, or this book, among other things, just absolutely beautiful people. And a lot of people want to ask the question of what if he was lying? And you said, sure. But sure. what if he wasn't? You know, or even even if... The, these people obviously believed what they said. Yeah. Because they died. You can't... Yeah. or They, 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 they did... I dare say you can't make one of the largest religions in the world off of a lie despite how contended that point will be it's not that simple no it's it's not you're yeah you're making something you're making a hard argument just destroying it burning it you can make the argument that they lied but i think that's so weak i think a better argument if you're arguing against it is that 
Maybe it's not true, but they did believe it. Yeah, and were they, they successful? They saw. Like, yes, were and, they successful? And we're good at it. Yeah, like it's hard to see these like like we've we've been looking at all these mosques around the world. It's hard to see these gorgeous big buildings with all these people going here to worship. The thing about this, and this is the other thing about people like Joseph Smith and and Muhammad that favors these kinds of people is like, you know, to some degree they got people to worship God, not themselves. Right. That's something that's a huge thing to take. You could argue if Muhammad was lying at any point, he could have just been like, I'm Jesus. Exactly. Like I'm the son of God worshiped at me, but it's like, that's not what happened. He was like, you'll surrender to God and you'll live by that. And people did. And now it's 2023 and you see these immaculate, beautiful mosques in Germany and these people worshiping, like giving themselves to God. And you go, he was like, the bad in this where, yeah, it's like, it's like, did that, did he not succeed to some degree? Like these people are closer to God and they weren't, their country might not have been otherwise. I, I, I hate saying this and this, this is really personal because I'm going to talk about my dad here. And something he said that I very much disagree with. But he's since... Okay, so you've heard me talk about Brother Abbasi that we go to church with. Yeah. Amazing man. Converted to Christianity. The Mormon understanding of Christianity, obviously. But he was of the Muslim faith. And my dad served in Iraq, so obviously there was some prejudice there. But <laughs> year, years ago, he told me, he said... And again, my dad has changed his opinion on this. I'm talking about a past version of dad... But he is far better now. Him and Brother Abbasi are super close. He would denounce what he said. But a couple years ago, he told me he thinks Satan's greatest lie and greatest trick on the earth was Was Islam. So many people have that opinion. And I think it's so sad. It is sad. So it's also sad. Oh, my God, dude. So I've been reading. uh, I've been, like, obsessed with it. But not just Islam or not even just, like, ancient Arabia. But, like... The war on terrorism, which is, by the way, uh, literally a four hour discussion with somebody who like uh, like a like an immigrant who lived that. So it's a whole ass discussion. But like. Dude, it like the entire Western perception of Islam was shaped from like 1980 to like 2013. Hmm. And it's all built like off of what the war on terrorism did. And like it just shaped Everybody, like yeah. the whole Western perspective on no, it. Honestly, well, honestly, and it's like super depressing. Like it's to, so sad. To a fault. And, I, and I'm not, it's probably a little bit of my fault for not doing the research, just being ignorant of it. But that's so true because the only thing I know about Islam is from what I've heard from the news from yeah. these war-torn countries. Yeah. That's the only thing I know about it. Yeah. I mean, same. Yeah. That was, that was all I knew for like years. Because right. like I just remember like in 2008 probably the most. I just remember like my parents listening to the news. That was the whole, like that was, that was what you got. You got like the, the, you got Islamic terrorist. That was the buzzword. Right. That was what was being said, which by the way, awful thing. I feel like putting anything in front of terrorism is arguably bad. Mormon terrorist. Yeah. Cause like it, the, the subscription that you create is, uh, at, in bad faith. Yeah. It's in bad faith. See, I, I, Again, to a fault, but I think this is a big fault of the media for painting a picture like this. But I didn't know Islam existed outside of terrorism. That's yeah. That's literally yeah. That's crazy. I would love to talk to. Uh, that's another reason I would love talking to an immigrant, specifically someone who lived at about this. But like, wow, yeah, our it was nothing, and then what we were introduced to 
was it being from the point of terrorism? And like it was definitely used I, I for ma- gains. You know, I imagine that'd be like deeply just heart and earth shattering. See, it was seeing your faith being depicted in such a horrific horrible, lot. horrible way. Yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy. So like God, so uh would love to have somebody of the Muslim faith come and talk to us more. But this book I'm reading, which to my unpreparedness, don't remember the author, but the name of the book is uh, A Stranger in My Own City. Mm-hmm. Depressing as shit. Read that book. He yeah. was, a, again, he was a journalist in, I believe, Iran during the invasion. And uh, there's like testimonies that he mentions in the book about stuff like that, like Muslims themselves contending with like terrorists, but like, hey, this isn't it, man. Like, we don't agree with what you're doing at all. Yeah. And then, but like the Western perspective just ignores that Muslim and just goes, nah, it's just all terrorists. And you go, nah, man, like there's so much happening at play. These are countries in civil wars falling apart. That's also being for like occupied by a foreign power, the USA. And you don't know like what that does to like a nation of just people trying to survive that breathe. By the way, foreign occupation, we're not, again, this is a political argument. And we don't really want to get in that, but to some degree, foreign occupations kind of breed radicalism. Mm. It's just the nature. And so, but that shaped the perspective of Islam and American culture. And it's so sad. I think because like my friend, my friend who has the opinion that I hope to change one day of the whole Muslims want to kill Christians. You just like that opinion came from somewhere. It's wrong, but it came from somewhere. Right. And it, I hate that it came from somewhere. But yeah, there's just that's just a that's just a normal perception people have. Like like Christians in America just go, nah, man, Muslims want to kill us, and you go, they they don't, they don't, they don't. But I hate that you feel that way. It's sad, and I hope that you can find. I <laughs> but dude, if that, people if people real quick if people listen yeah. to, if by some chance people listen to this and you're a Christian and you have that perspective, I that's one of those things. Where it's like, that's the test. Go to a mosque and talk to these people. I have in my hand a Book of Mormon sitting on top of the Quran. <laughs> and I've ne- never been happier. Next to the Holy Bible, by the way. But, talking about Brother Abbasi again, I, I've seen, I've watched them happen. I've, I've never interjected because it, it just make it even more uncomfortable. But I've seen so many uncomfortable conversations where old white people that I go to church with go up to Brother Abbasi and just say, Didn't, don't you believe this? Didn't yeah. you hate this? And Brother Boss is like, no. No. <laughs> no, no, they no. weren't like that. So this is one of those things where, like, and I would, I want to talk, I want a Muslim on so bad to really get into this, but, like, the, uh, first of all, from my current understanding, the English translation, fucking awful. Mm. So bad. Yeah. And what I know, what I understand about Arabic, especially, like, from the time it was written, like, when the Quran was being, like, written, uh, it's very contextual and there's this is just normal there are a lot of language we're english we got lucky with our language cuz like the the context is built into the sentence yeah it's built into the whole structure of the sentence where there's a lot of languages where context is built like as the sentence progresses mm-hmm. it's like one word means something until it gets four words later and then that word all of a sudden changes you don't That's have strange. that in, you don't have that in english okay in english it's like the whole sentence is structured so so like you're not getting the full picture unless you're reading the full thing yeah and in that okay. from my understanding that's like the what crucified if you will the quran in the english translation yeah is that it kills context like as it's being translated from arabic 
to English again, would love to talk to a Muslim who, who knows it in Arabic mm. to really get into this. But from my understanding, it's like when it be, when it's being translated from Arabic to English, context is killed. Yeah. And then that you just get like straight things like the kill infidels. And then that just sounds really bad. But then you're like, we can talk for like 20 minutes on the full can you can talk about what defines an infidel which is huge and then what it means like why is kill there like why is that a the solution is right. that the solution because like i know some muslims very personally who are they don't do that they don't kill and they don't want to kill and they don't think it's right to kill no yeah no, and that's it that contends with the western perception of kill infidels you go well then why does your book say this and they go well because you're fucking reading in english for one uh, dude on the topic of translation i learned this and this add evidence this adds evidence to english kind of ruining translations i think you could add evidence to it doing that to the bible too yeah but in hebrew okay so thou shall not kill that's not real it's it's thou shall not murder that's the that's the hebrew translation of it yeah so thou shall not kill is actually misinterpreted like self-defense is okay yeah, it's contextually changes the whole thing exactly yeah and so like i was listening to people talk about uh going back to islam again would love to talk to somebody more about this but like that happened with like the word jihad mm. is like jihad doesn't mean contextually holy war at all it means like uh struggle and it's like the context is you will have to struggle to serve God. And the further context is, uh, hey, it turns out some people are going to try killing you. And right. it's okay to pick a sword up if someone's running at you with the sword. Yeah. But then the Western, the, the sad, depressing Western interpretation of that is at some point that got slurred as countries were falling apart and radicalization was springing forward. And then Al-Qaeda just got to just to go, nah, man, if you're just, if you don't believe what we believe, we get to kill you. And you're like, well, first of all, when did we start just accepting the words of terrorists exactly. as like definitive when you can go talk? It's like, I don't know. It, there's this perspective where, again, this is the, the shut the fuck up and listen. In your heart of hearts, can you sit down and honestly think to yourself, every Muslim on this planet wants to kill me because I'm not Muslim. How can you believe that? And then that if, seems if, so silly. If any part of you goes, that seems a little off, go fucking talk that's, to one. That's like saying... Okay, go talk to one. So we, we know what the Christian message is, but that's like on the flip side saying, if you were a Muslim, every Christian must love me. Yeah. That's <laughs> not true. Yeah. You it's like, what I mean? Yeah. So, it's it's oh, like, just that's silly. go talk to him. Yeah. Just pull your big boy pants on and just go talk to one. Just yeah. as you're shivering in your pants standing outside the mosque and you're gonna walk in there and be met with like an rpg just walk you're, in there so you're telling me that there is a mosque a block from you in chattanooga and you really believe that they, <laughs> they want to kill you and they, they haven't kill. tried to yet yeah like really yeah they say they say on their website we welcome what you think that's like a trap like they're like hi we got them to come in now they die if on their website said we want to kill you <laughs> Or it just said, welcome all, and then in parentheses, except Christians. Welcome all, except infidels. <laughs> except infidels. Yeah, it's like, just, again, just go and talk to one. It's the craziest thing right. that you could do that. Yeah, and that's, that's why so my funny, critique man. with so many people that, I, that I've heard say that, where they're just like, it's like do you know one? No. I know, it gets, go no I know one. it gets repetitive, and we've done this multiple times, but the reason I keep saying I don't want to speak for people is because I've had countless people speak for me on what I believe. Yeah, that's why, so it's why, that. that's why, God, yeah, it's, it's hard in the infancy of the podcast, 
is we don't know enough. So it's really hard for us to stick an opinion. We can't, we virtually can't. We can just, right. we can state what we know right now. And again, we've mentioned this, like you have to throw shit out and mold it. We're going to throw shit out. Oh yeah, we're gonna throw stuff to the wall. Just and see what absolute sticks. stinky shit. We have to throw it like and couple, mold it. And, but we want, like, again, we want people to talk to us. We want to talk to people. We want to know their perspective, and we want that. We want ours to change. Weeks, months from now, we will have to go back and clarify stuff we said in the first episode. <laughs> like, okay, we swear we were fucking stupid, but we tried to say we were fucking stupid. You just didn't listen. Maybe God will clarify for us. I hope so. He's, we're going to have a dream tonight. He's like, you guys really fucked that up, huh? I can't wait to go home and dream tonight and text you in the morning. <laughs> like, you did you get yelled too, at right? too? What does be but one in of our us? own ways. Yeah. We get chastised in different ways. Yeah. we. It's like, I, I'll show you my list if you show me yours. Yes. Let's see. Let's see how many we Take can. Take notes and compare. Yeah. See how many of us struck the same nerve. Yeah, for real. But yeah, just go to, yeah, just talk. Yeah, I want to have a Muslim so bad. I really do want to talk to him. I've read so many. I'm like eight books deep now, and they keep getting sadder. I started I started with just a book about Muhammad. Yeah. And then it was like, I don't know. I immediately read a critique, like a, something that was a critique of Islam. And then I'd like just read, I think, something that was just about Arabia in general because I got like super interested, like, Honestly, seriously, just Arabian history, like pre-Islam, just going from nothing to something is incredibly interesting. And then I randomly just like stumbled just like four books straight into the war on terrorism. It becomes the most heartbreaking shit I've ever read in my life. It just gets sadder the more you read about it. And I want to have, I would really love to talk to someone who like maybe was like a refugee or like migrated and too, just really man. has like a perspective on what was happening. Something that really struck me, you told me about this the other day, was Muhammad being so upfront and personal about God chastising him. Yeah. And I thought that was so neat. So the fact that they would write that, I, there's, I know there's something to that. And this is like something that I, I would like just it makes throw me out to people real. that critique Muhammad. It's like, why would you write about being chastised? Yes. Especially if you wanted to be in a place where you wanted to come off that you were you were holier yeah. and could do no wrong. Why would you record being chastised? A real prophet. Really means something. A real prophet is not going to be a holier than thou person. No. So the church just finished this. Like, I just got an email about this a few days ago. They just publicized every written document Joseph ever had his hands on. So that's documents written to him, documents that he wrote. But you can look at the manuscripts and you can see where he had crossed out and corrected things. And there were just very meticulous notes about how temple ordinance ordinance should, should be done and how certain things should be directed. And it is just eerily detailed. Yeah. Why? Why? Why would they care yeah. to that level? Yeah. It's it's weird. Yeah. I don't know. The chastised so, thing, though. Yeah. yeah, it really makes you think. You know, I'm kind of drawing comparisons here, but this is just a hypothetical. What if, let's say these men weren't prophets. Sure. Okay, but let's say God used these men, just like we're talking about, yeah. how, how to bring people exactly. closer to God. That's, that's like, again, yeah. that's a strengthened argument for Muhammad, just yeah. in general. It's like, if, again, so, God, you... Early on, we're going to have to fight so many people that are just going to immediately uh, do the whole uh, terrorist thing, which mm -hmm. is why I really hope the first guest we can have on is 
someone who's Islamic to just really just clarify that. Just clarify. Right yeah, let's just oh, have them in, in the person, in the flesh. Just go, nah, man. Turns yeah, out I'm, I don't like killing people. Watch that immediately. Like, I, these people are terrorists and we don't, uh, we don't align with them. Right. Yeah. I just get that. But uh, yeah, that's like the defense of Muhammad is like, I don't know. Again, if you go to 2023 and you have all these people who are like, no, I feel closer to God through Islam. And you go, did he do wrong? Are you going to be able to sit there? It's like, that was a disservice. But that goes back to talking earlier about that, like inner conflict where you're just like, how do you handle someone who again, maybe doesn't because Jesus Christ again is so definitive, Mm -hmm. but these people feel close to God. Right. And what do you do with that? And you like, I I don't know at some point, like from like my perspective and what I assume yours is too, is just like, just be with them, make that, get that further. Right. And then you just have to do that. You just have to, you're just like, you can't, I don't know. At some point you're just like, even if you think, if you believe in your heart of hearts that Jesus is a definitive thing, at some point it's like, you're just doing everybody a disservice. If you just cut ties because of that, just, I don't know. At some point, just like these people, worship the way they do for a reason they feel very tied to it and they feel like they've been called to it so it's like just be with them bro something that i felt i've done wrong and i wish i've wronged these people by doing and i wish i'd go back and correct it but now that i'm getting older i'm starting to realize a lot of christians use this excuse to cut people out of their lives and in relationships and be like oh well i'm just trying to focus on my relationship with god right now that is stupid yeah. you're you're you will find your relationship with god in those relationships yeah with people be you it you have to yeah. strengthen them yeah you got to be that that yeah you got to represent yeah you got to be that you, you can't just cut everyone off and live in the woods alone and expect to just i did it i did I it, did it. Yeah. I, I got rid of all the people who disagreed yeah. with me and good only job. kept the, the good ones great job i did my job god i told them they were going to go to hell they still didn't believe and then yeah. god's gonna be like that's crazy that's whack as but, shit. But what did you do for them? Yeah, exactly. You know, I feel like you more didn't help them. I feel like more Christians should just really read Jesus' story. Really, I don't even think most Christians know who Jesus was. No, like they they just see him as. I like, think it's a sin. Yeah, it's just died for our sins. You're like dude, there's a lot the, more that happened. My favorite Jesus Christ story is the woman caught in adultery. It, it, first of all, the Bible doesn't state she was. She was being accused of it. Jesus comes over there. Everyone's ridiculing her. He starts drawing in the sand, and he's like, "Ye without sin, cast the first stone. Mm-hmm. And they all walk off. And then Jesus goes to the woman, and he says, go and sin no more. That's it. That That's Jesus right there. That's yeah. who Jesus is. Yeah. I don't, I don't know where all this, you're burning hell shit came from. I don't know. But it's also the thief hanging next to him is the one that I like to go to yeah. so much, which I don't know. They're... Like I get that there's two things are happening here. And I have to admit to one that technically that guy admitted to Jesus because he was like, if you say that's who you are, then it's what I believe. Mm -hmm. So like I get, I'm accepting that part of the story that that guy accepted Christ, but at the same time, like they're, they're experiencing that, like what it means to be, that's again, the same thing. It's like, if this is, if this is who you are and what brings you closer, I'm here. That's beautiful. Do the same thing. Yeah. Just that, do the same fucking thing. The penitent thief on the cross next to cross was that person. Yeah, exactly. And and again, I 100% am acknowledging the fact that you can go, but he accepted Christ. And I'm like, I agree with that. I think in a but way. But you can learn from that. I think in a way the apostles were kind of like that too. Yeah. You know, that although they did get some miracles and they saw those, you know, they, they were just, they stuck it out. They were like, well, I think he is who he says he is. Let's just be with him. Let's be. Yeah. See, how, see how he goes. It. 
And they followed it out. Yeah. I So I think a lot of people would probably contend this, but I feel like pretty similar to like Muhammad's life too. We're saying people. Some people are like, let's just stick this out. Let's just see. We have nothing else. It's pagans or this. And this guy seems pretty That's cool. True. Yeah. They're like, this guy seems pretty cool. Well, I guess if you want to be, it was like pagans, Christian Jews in this guy, but it was, again, I would love to have an actual Muslim be able to talk to me I, about I this history, have, but it was like a, pagans were a pretty big thing. Yeah. And like, that was the real uh, fight was against just pagans. And they were like, yeah, they're like, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe let's see. I want to have a pagan on. Yeah. I would love to have a pagan on. I too. mean, you talked about, it. I don't know how that would work. No idea. Because there's there's just so much within paganism. Yeah. I feel like paganism it's it's less of a belief system and more of just a I mean, I don't know. It's just so open to this going with the flow. Gods. Yeah. Going with the flow. I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I would yeah, that like would I, be something. I I could worship my doorknob and say I'm pagan. Yeah. Because it you know. Yeah, if you're just like, I believe my doorknob's gonna lead me to heaven. I think I don't. We are probably butchering that. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I. Maybe there's like a set pantheon of gods that's within. And they, and they, yeah, there might be. But yeah, I think that happened with Muhammad though. A lot of his people were just like, "We'll stick it out. We'll see." Yeah. This guy says shit, and we think it's pretty cool. We like it, and that was it. And you're like, that's, "Why do you believe?" That's cool. <laughs> if if I get an answer from one of those people, we ask. I'll accept that. Yeah, yeah, sure. I accept that that's cool. They're just like, that's cool. That's a better answer than my dad is yeah. Catholic. <laughs> so am I. So am I, yeah. They baptized me when I'm a baby, so I stuck I don't it out. Really go to, I don't really go to mass, but every now and then I take communion. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I eat a cracker. It's pretty cool. The cracker's good. The Dude, cracker tasty. Bro, you'll find this funny. I can't remember if I told you this when you were at church with us, but we call like... Uh, Fake Mormons who don't really care, like cultural Mormons, because their daddy is. We we call we call it taking the sacrament. <laughs> I like that. That's so right. funny. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, no, I would accept. Uh, we think it's cool from somebody. Me yeah. too. Yeah, we're like, like, that's pretty. I, I, think I feel like that's probably more common. I think it's gonna be the most common. Yeah. The most common is I write a couple passages and I just like them. I stuck to it, and you're like, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. That's a good answer, though. I, I kind of want to ask that to a Jehovah's Witness, and I hope they say that's cool, and I'm going to be like, why is that cool? I don't mean to be rude, but it just doesn't seem cool. They're just like, I don't know. It adds a twist to World War One. You go, okay. Oh, the World War One part. That's incredible. I know nothing but, about it. But like the, um, I don't know. It seemed kind of, I don't know. I know no, Jehovah's I, Witness. I don't know a lot. Jehovah's Witness might be one of the things I just know virtually nothing about. All I know about Jehovah's Witness is they're like the ones that are known for going door to door. That's all. I, that's literally it. That's the beginning and end. We are in a never, bro. We're in a never ending proselytizing war with Jehovah's Witnesses. It's really? either Jehovah's, Jehovah's Witnesses or us. And what separates us is we have the young missionaries, so we're cooler. So we have the name tags. What do they just have? Older ones. Usually yeah. Mormons, Mormon. The only thing I knew about Mormons before you was that too. The black was just, ties and white shirts. Yeah. The was that they, they knock on doors. Yeah. Yeah. They do knock on a lot of doors. Yeah. And offer a lot of free books of Mormon. I give you a free book. Of Mormon. I do. It's I have like 10 copies in that's, my room just in case. <laughs> just in case somebody stops by. It's like, just fun to give them a book. It is. It's fun. Even I though most know. people like desecrate it and they never read it. It's just fun. Yeah. You know? Just throw it away. Fun little tradition. Yeah, it's cool. Maybe and maybe somebody does read it. Yeah, you never or the know. last questions. Yeah, you never. It's know a conversational what, what piece. Seeds you can plant. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, door to door. Does the door to door thing work? Clearly, so many people do it. 
No, okay, so speaking from experience, I've done door-to-door work before. It does. Huh. It does work. We've had people come to church. Now, like I'm about to go, okay, so when we get sent out on proselytizing missions, which is what I'm doing, the church typically has you go door-to-door. But within the past couple of years, they've switched to a lot of social media work. So while I'm in Fiji, it'll kind of be a mix of the two. So it'll probably be mostly social media work, but then once we find people, we'll go out and visit them. And I then do service work for them, like in person. I want to, if uh, uh, I'm going to strive and hope that I can come over. And every time I come over, I really want to just do the opposite thing. I really think it would just be fun to do the, the anti-missionary work, the showing up to a church, just a random church and just uh-huh. talking to them. Like yeah. our style. Just no, no. Going into a random church. Like, what do you o- believe? Honestly, honestly, dude. Okay. Look, I'm, I'm going to be real with you. And there's, there's going to be a lot of Latter-day Saints who disagree or agree, but I love our church leaders, but they are boomers. Yeah, and they are set to a particular way of bringing people to the Listen, gospel, and it's it's worn out. I think it's pretty it's cool. Waxed. I think it's pretty cool the idea that you can leave a church and then later on the line somebody's talking to the people of that church like, "Have you ever met a Mormon?" They go, "Yeah, actually, we have." And he was really cool. He just came here and he was a part of service and he helped out and he was really nice. And that was it. And he left, and we we're like, "It was a pleasant experience." Yeah, that's cool. It's a lot cooler than uh, than not having the perspective or it being just that they knocked on the door and gave me a book and left. Dude, I have a hilarious story about this. Okay, so I'm not I'm not gonna name names. I'm gonna keep it vague. It doesn't matter anyway. But here's a guy. Here's a driver who used to work with us. Sure. And he told he was talking to me one time. He was like, "Yeah, I used to I used to date a Mormon girl," <laughs> and he 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 didn't know I was a Mormon. Okay. That's he's like, "Yeah, I used to date a Mormon girl." And uh, I went to church with her, and it was really weird. She had she had like three boyfriends, and just I know that we don't practice polygamy. So I was like, "That's interesting. Can you tell me more about it?" And he just kept going about this stuff that I know didn't happen because I am one. And I said, "That's really cool. I'm a Mormon." And just I watched the color from his face just drain. I, he knew I caught him in a lie. I don't know the polygamy thing though. Anyways, is I don't think polygamy is supposed to be girlfriend boyfriend. I think it's like it's pretty not. structurally. Well, while, while we're on the topic to address this, because this is a big misconception we get a lot. Early saints did practice polygamy, but it's it's not like you think it, it is. It was early biblical history across all fronts. Abraham was, practiced polygamy. It was Bible, Quran. Yeah, it was totally normal. It yeah. was just normal historically. I think non-religious right. people were polygamy. Yeah, polygamists. So the context of which polygamy happened with the early saints is, first of all, men who wanted to practice polygamy in the church were not permitted to. They were not. They were specifically not allowed. If you wished to, you weren't allowed to. The reason that some men were permitted to practice polygamy was so that sealings could take place for widowed sure. women. I think that I could be... First of all, I think that was like a, the Islamic perspective. Yeah. Too. I think from what I know now... Like current informational gathering, most of the polygamous relationships that I'm aware of were for widows. Yes. And I think that's biblically accurate for the Bible as well. Mm -hmm. I think the few polygamous relationships that happened in the Bible were for widows. And I think that was like the, the, I think that was the common thing across the board for the world Mm -hmm. was that if you could, you did. Right. Because it was like they would die if you didn't. Yeah. So I think that was like just normal. That's why I feel like if you're trying to shit talk a Mormon and you're like, you should have like three boyfriends, you go, well, that's not what even polygamy was supposed to be. 
So even no, if they it's were, not what it's supposed to be. They, they try to discredit Joseph Smith using the polygamy example, but first of all, and I, I get it, you, you can kind of take this either way, but Joseph Smith only has one line of lineage, although having multiple wives. He didn't have sex... He did not have sexual relations with those wives, as far as I know, because he only has one lineage. And let's just be honest, you know, uh, contraception wasn't that common back then. So I figured if he ha- did have sexual relations with those wives, he would have had more kids. Plus, if I was just a con man, I would have had more polygamous wives than Joseph did. He didn't have many. How many did he have? Do you know? I can't remember, but it wasn't a lot. Huh. I would have had more the same, if I was really trying to get it on. The same, the same with Muhammad is like uh, he only had children, I believe, with the first wife. Yeah, I don't think he had children with any of the other ones. Right, it was just his first one. He it, had it wasn't a lustful pursuit. And he had like four daughters, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was it. Yeah, well, there's an argument to that. Yeah, again, because people say that, and they're right because I hear that too. Because like from my understanding, like, right now, again, uh, from Muhammad's perspective, is like uh, I don't know. He only like had a deep love for I think two of his wives, which was the first one. And then I think Aisha was the other one, but he only had children like with the first one. And then like what you said, like, I don't know. It's pretty hard to imagine. He couldn't have just been absolutely, you know, going ham. If you only had children with the first one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way. There's just no way, but it's the same with Solomon, right? Solomon only had like, Two kids uh-huh. or something hits six hundred wives. Yeah. Of course, again, what the fuck are you doing with six hundred wives? That's you're not I'm you're saying. not going through six hundred wives. He probably only slept with like three of them. One of them were fertile, I guess. Right. But I feel like it's a different. It's a bit different with like Muhammad, who Maybe only he's had just like sleeping with one. The rest are just kind of friends. They're just <laughs> they're just there. He's like, I need something to look at. Solomon was wild. Can you cook? Can you cook? Cooking what would you clade? do? There's so much. Six hundred. It was like th- like I would four. Hate that. 400 wives and like two or 300 concubines. Is it too early to start making jokes about the crown prince this early in our inception? I, that we, we know we want to be friends with them. That's true. Yeah. I still want to, I hope I can be friends with them. I, I, I was just going to, I was just going to make the, a joke about him rewarding me women. Rewarding you. That'd but be pretty I, I, fire. I, I, it's a very, I'll, I think it's an honorary. I, I'll wait off of that because I, that. I want our relationship to be serious. Yeah. I want, there, I want so. him to be, I want to, I want him to be our friend. But he'll look back at this and laugh. I want him to be our friend. Me too. I want us to do justice by his side. Me too. Yeah. I think he's, you know, I want to, I just want to be you the know, catalyst for him. I just had this thought back to the whole, um, I think you mentioned it was the misunderstanding about uh, jihad or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think more Christians need to pick up the sword, like like Muslims do in that interpretation. Yeah, to defend their faith. Yeah, it's okay. Sure. I yeah. don't mean physically. Yeah, don't like don't. Kill. I'm not condoning violence. Don't kill people. I mean, you you can be defensive without being angry. Yeah, you can, and again, and to piss a lot of people off, you can be anecdotally defensive. Yeah, you absolutely. can just go, this is why I believe. And then when people go, well, that's just you. You go, yeah, that's why I believe. I- I've told you this before, but I hate arguments against religion. You you just can't, you can't disprove that. It's, and it's There's okay. Really no but way. I, I just tell people it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not religious, it just, if you just didn't have those, you just, that's not in your life. Then it's like, cool. We'll go our, that's, we can shake hands and go our separate ways. Yeah. I'm glad that you listened to me tell you why I believe, and I want to give you the time today to know why you don't believe. That's okay. I'm not here to crusade you, and I don't want you to do the same to me 
Like, I don't want to tell you you're going to go to hell, and I don't want you to tell me that I'm an idiot. Right. Like, I can accept your reason, just accept that my reason, we shake hands, have dinner, and call it a night, and go the separate fucking ways. That's what we should do with the crown prince. Unite the world with him. <laughs> we're, we're already in step with uniting the world. We are, but I want to do it with him. I do. I want him to be our plus one. So bad. He looks like so much. I can't believe we don't know his how, name yet. How many, how many chairs do you think would, would work, would be a good dichotomy? Do you think there's too many? Because I would love just for people to just, to just join us. Just 12? You have like, we have a, count, a whole ass council? No, there's plenty of podcasts that do that. It's like really? pretty common. Yeah, it can get noisy. Obviously, That's true. there's a lot we of people that there's a lot of people that only prefer like up to three people to mm-hmm. like maintain. We might have to if we did that. We might have to have like designated speaking times, but only allow certain people to jump in at certain moments. Yeah, it's cool to just have people. I guess be there. I don't know. Yeah. Giving him giving him a third chair would be an honorary third chair would be fire. Again, kind of off topic. I'm just spitballing here, but I would. We've talked about this before. I would love for when. I'm I'm kind of kindly being serious here, but when people come in, do like a washing of the feet thing. Yeah, we also talked about doing the bread, breaking and, bread, the breaking the bread thing. Yeah, yeah, and having like some like grape juice or something. Yeah, yeah, and we talked about like knowing that we're in for a fight if somebody just says no to it. Mm-hmm. You're like that's lame. And s- something else that I want to clarify while we're on the podcast is if you come in willingly on the podcast and you're talking about your faith, even if I disagree, I am going to be so defensive. About your faith to other people. From yeah, that point that's on. what that's what I've, I've already I already do that yeah. with like Islam. Yeah, I, I, I get I get in like literal at this point verbal fist fights with people mm-hmm. over Islam. I've been reading about it for like six months. I've only been deeply reading about it for like the past month, and I've right. already gone in like verbal absolute fist fights with people yeah. over it. So yeah, no, it's totally cool. And it's like even if you're not all there, it's like come on, let let them be. They're there, man. They're worshiping, and they and they believe it, and they feel it, and just feel it with them. I agree. Quit, like it's fucking stupid. Nathan, before we close, because I gotta use the bathroom so bad. True. Do you have any more questions about Mormon time? Mormon time? No, we didn't. Shockley, we I think we got a lot of Mormon stuff in. We did. But we kind of just went all over the place. I'm not really worried about that. I feel like this was like we had so much pent up. I know. Just needed to come I was just out. happy to be here. Yeah, we we can shoehorn Mormon stuff in like any all of them, both all of the us. Yeah. I think at some point, like just throughout, we're both. I think who we are is going to just be more and more Enough. aware. So it's just cooler to talk about the broad spec of everything. Me too. Getting it all in, which is what I, we end like, up doing a lot. I think when we have guests on too, it'll probably be like this, where we'll come in with a topic, but then we'll be able to open them up so much we'll be able to just go everywhere everywhere. everywhere. i'm sure that this poor episode was already all over the place but again i think that's that's because like we we've been waiting to do this for like a month and a half it's been so much fun so it just like train wrecked we're just like we need to talk we just want to talk it's it's so surreal sitting here yeah i can't wait can't wait for hopefully next wednesday no, no. I, now that I've done it once, I, I have to stay consistent with it, so I can't skip around or anything. No, we'll, we'll do it next. We'll week. do it and unless we you just, have anything going. No, on. I will. No, this is it. This is right, Wednesday. Sweet. This is this, this is our day. Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday. Yeah, this is our. This is our spreading of the word in the most awful art. way. <laughs> the way that's gonna piss everybody off. 
Yeah, but it's okay. It's I'm whatever. going to uh, go home and download Spotify specifically so I can listen to this. So I don't know when it's going to be up- uploaded, but I'll okay. tell you. Okay. But uh, I guess our ending notes is that we are we will continue working on what our Ten Commandments are going to be. Yep. But one of them is uh, open. We want to engage with people with the convince us mindset. We want people to just tell us why they believe. The whole whole nine yards, just dig into it. Yeah, and I, I'd like to close saying, and I really do mean this, I genuinely, when I encounter people, I really do love people. Yeah. And I'd, I'd like for that to come through. I'm not always good at portraying that because... No. Yeah, sure. I, that's I, normal. I'm a little bit that's more a human. We're just but, human in general. It's hard. But when I see people of other faiths, you know, I, I don't get angry. I genuinely yeah, you wanna know. want to You want to feel it with them. I do. Like, I want to know why they feel it this way, and I want to be there with you when you do it. I, I think this sounds kind of funky, and I don't mean this literally, but God and, and, and spiritualism and all these things, I mean, it, it's a spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And you have to ride the way. Everyone's there. Yeah. Everyone's you're just there. like, we're here. We want to be here with you. I want to feel it. Yeah. 100%. I cannot wait to have our trusty friend, the Crown Prince of Saudi. On in, in a on, few episodes. On a, hopefully in just a, a lot. few. <laughs> hopefully a lot. I want to change the world with that man. I want to go go-kart racing. I, I want to play PlayStation with them. I hope we have them by the second episode. I <laughs> just somehow next some, Wednesday some, just knock on your door. Some random guy in Saudi that's close to him found us. Like, hey, I think I these like guys want to feel like these guys want to talk to you. Oh yeah, I want to, I want to be friends with him. He says he just looks like such a cool guy. He does. He looks like he wants to have fun. Dude, another. I just had another cool idea. If you want to do this, it can be from a religious text or just a book in general that you've been reading that has some religious undertones. We should all sure. We should have like a scripture of the day type thing. Sure. So I watched a movie last night. Okay. Before I came and got Austin, I watched. Uh, it was called The Sound of Freedom. Mm-hmm. It's a weird movie. It's about trafficking. We don't have to get into it. Okay. There's a scene in that movie though that I really liked. I heard the only thing I knew about this movie before I watched it is a lot of people say that it's like. Uh, like has some religious undertones really makes you feel God. And right. I didn't really get that through a lot of the movie, but there was this one scene. Uh, so I guess spoiler alert here where, uh, the main character is talking to an ex cartel guy and he's, uh, basically, I don't remember what he was moving, probably cocaine, but he gets sent to prison. And when he gets out of prison, he tells the story, uh, where or you're learning about like his background where he was like, uh, yeah, I was uh, for one day I took a break. And then on day two, I went right back to carteling. And he's like uh, the main character eventually asked him, he's like, hey, man, uh, why did you leave the cartel? Because at this point, when he knows him, he's no longer in the cartel. He's a uh, he's like the Schindler's list for traffic okay. children. Sure. He tries like helping traffic children. Yeah. And he asked him, he's like, hey, why did you walk away from the fortune? for like this is such a random thing. Yeah. And he was like, well, one night when I was out of prison, he was like, I was, uh, he was like under the influence drunk or something, walking back to his house. And he saw a woman on the, the side, the corner. And he was like, wow, this, she's like gorgeous, absolutely beautiful. And he was like, she looks about 20, 25. She's like younger. So, uh, he gets her, they go up, they do the thing. He pays her. And when she's getting her clothes back on, he notices that she has, uh, painting like she has like cat faces on her toenails and he has a realization that moment and they lock eyes and he says that all he sees like sorrow in her eyes and he was like oh my god and she's like don't worry i've been doing this uh since i was six and he was like well how old are you right now and she was like i'm 14 and she leaves and he was like he came to this like realization that the sorrow and darkness that he saw in her eyes comes from people like him it's what he 
inflicted to her. That's horrible. So he says that like he has this thing where he's like, I uh, put a gun to my head and I asked if God was real. And he was like, it's a hell of a time to ask if God was real in that moment. And then the, he ends it by saying, when God tells you to do something, you do it. And he just like takes a swig of whiskey and leaves. Dude, that's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, it was. That's dark. Yeah. That's so dark. Yeah. I thought it was the best part of the whole movie, though. There was that line. It was like, when God tells you to do something, you do it. Because in that moment, you're like, that's why he walked away from cartel work. So he put a gun to his head, and now he just, his whole life is basically rescuing children. And you're like, that's metal as fuck. That's so cool. That's so cool. Wow. But I guess that's it. That's it. That's all I've got to say. We said a lot. We did. It's been going for three hours and 50 minutes. Holy crap. (laughs) did not feel like that. No. We did God's work, though. Yes, we did. All right, my friend. Until next Wednesday, I guess. Until next Wednesday.